Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. from a shack on a hill in the mossy creek bottoms of Cane Creek, Arkansas. This is Lighting the Void once again, and I'm your host, Joe Roop. We are live on the Fringe FM. I hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. I hope it was fabulous. Mine was. And it is Monday night, September the 9th. Tonight, Michael Wan is back with us, and uh, I'm glad because I got sick last time. I had to reschedule, but he's here to continue our discussion and uh, the website for reference tonight is susquehannaalchemy.com you can put in that in google as well and find it but you can also check this uh check it out if you just go to the website susquehannaalchemy.com what i'm going to do is drop that in the fringe fm chat i'm stoked and i know you guys are too because we've been trying to uh, get him back on since the first time that we just we had the conversation with him we had last time and it's a great mystery that we talked about um how he stumbled upon uh, these signs 
uh, on the Susquehanna River, and he told us his story that just randomly, all these things kind of randomly happened to him. And we'll do a little recap there too when we, when he comes on. And uh, but if you really want to get the whole story, uh, you need to go listen to the first episode after this one. And um, I hope we can continue this because I already think uh, Michael is going to be one of those types of guests that we have on frequently when we discuss a lot of different things. Um, and uh, a lot of you guys have told me that as well. So yeah, I'm excited. If you can't tell. Don't forget about our event coming up September the 28th through the 29th, the Sci-Spy Transcendence event in Sedona, Arizona. Our very own Suzanne Ross will be hosting that. And if you want to go, make sure you put in the phrase LTV so that you can get $25 off your entry fee. Also, the show is brought to you by AncientLifeOil.com. Um, as much CBD oil is that they're out there to choose from. You don't have to worry if you just get ancientlifeoil.com. You're getting the best. And um, a lot of you I know, and I've heard, by the way, thank you so much for supporting the station, uh, by the way, that you like it and that it is working. It's helping you. So that's great. Also, get the tea.com. Same exact thing. And real quick, I want to say, too, that the reason why um, <clears throat> that we've chosen them to be like the main sponsors of the show, other than Talk Stream Live, is that because I know Ronnie personally, and um, it is, he's on a mission, just like we are here. And he's on a mission for consciousness, for people having a better life, and he really does care, and it's it's really different uh, to have somebody like that in the health field. So thank you. If you're listening, Ronnie, we really appreciate it. Go check out his YouTube channel, too, Health Matters Now. And... Um, also, prepare with the com so you don't get caught unawares. Everything you need for preparing for any type of situation, whether it's weather, a catastrophic event, God forbid you have to depend on the government. Um, but if you go to this website, they got everything you need, all orders, especially the food, over 100 bucks, you get free shipping. You can support Lighting the Void by donating. If you go to the website, you can use the donate button and there's also um, the Amazon portal. So if you shop on Amazon, you can use that. Now, I'm just going to warn you, we got some storms here, so we're getting brownouts left and right. But you know how I am with that. I will keep, I will fight those suckers all the way through. It's the lightning that scares me, and I haven't seen any scary lightning yet. So we're pretty good. I want to thank Tim Doyle for coming out on the show last week, too. That was really cool to get to talk to him. And, um, yeah, there's a, a great alchemical process that i'm seeing that's happening uh, some people think it's a divide but it's actually a good thing that's happening in the ufo field because people want to know and if you really want to know head over to ufoseekers.com if you want to know what's going on in ufology and keep up with all the latest as well as check this out tim came out on twitter this weekend i was so stoked and i think it was today or yesterday i forget because i get my days confused he came out and he has now announced that they're going to start training uh, and I guess adding investigators to their team. So if you're interested, go follow him on Twitter. He put all the links there. I'll have to get all the information because it was brand new to me when I heard about it. And I'm stoked. There is no better person to learn from or to be under when it comes to learning UFO investigations and is UFO seekers. Nobody. Uh, if you've had a sighting, you can give them a call at 661-UFO-7889 and subscribe to their channel. YouTube.com forward slash UFO Seekers. 
Um, so Michael is back with us, and he is a researcher, analyst, and a civil engineer consultant. And he's also an astrologer, a stone and card reader, an energy healer, a wedding officiant, a web designer, author, a high-end kitchen designer, and more. This guy's mind is so analytic. It's just, uh, is that a word, analytic mind? that I'm in love with it. And he was able to uncover what could be, in my opinion, one of the greatest mysteries of ancient Western civilization at the Susquehanna River and by decoding Western symbolism. And this could be one of the greatest stories ever told right here in the U.S. It's all there at the SusquehannaAlchemy.com. Michael, thank you so much for coming back on Lighting the Void. It's a real pleasure to have you back, man. Joe, thanks for having me, man. Uh, I appreciate the... Uh the intro it's it's a little embarrassing to hear <laughs> but uh but um nonetheless um you know thank you um it's gonna be a good conversation and uh, i was disappointed we weren't able to do it um what was that like maybe two or three weeks yeah, ago yeah but uh the way it, it it's it's come out or it's it's come together you know we're 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 about we're doing this a, a day sh- a day before september 11th right mm-hmm and you mentioned, and we talked about this a little bit before we got on the show, we talked about, um, you know, just the nature of like, you know, there's this alchemical ritual kind of going on. And I mean, that's the, that's the beginning of the Susquehanna mystery or, or maybe the conclusion, the, the, the mystery is marks the beginning, but, but the conclusion of it is all about magical rituals, um, state sponsored magic, that sort of stuff. And if we're, we're, we're open to that as an idea or a, a, a realm of investigation, well, um, nothing could be more contemporary than, than the, uh, the events of 9-11. And so here we find ourselves on um, the anniversary. So it seems fitting to me, the timing. Yeah, it sure does. It, it sure does. And one of the biggest things that I, I remember from our previous conversation was when something that you mentioned about, and it was towards the end of our conversation, and we were discussing uh, occultism and alchemy, and you said, you know, it's, uh, it's not just an individual thing, right? It, I see this happening in society. I see it happening to us as a whole. Um, and that's when things got really interesting for me because I've always looked at uh, occultism, magic rituals, all of that stuff as like, I guess maybe I've always focused on it as an individual thing, but to, to step back and really see how society is going through stages of what we call initiation is pretty cool too. I know it scares a lot of people though, right? You know, in the conspiracy realm, there's a lot of, um, talk about how things are kind of controlled because, there's certain forces that were invoked by our forefathers and, and stuff. What are your thoughts on that? Do, should we be afraid of it or should we just learn uh, more about it? Uh, maybe a little, well, definitely learn about it. But I mean, um, when, when you really get into it, um, I can understand the fear, you know, because it's, you know, it's like going, going into an attic or the basement of some creepy house. And you're like, do I really want to do this? And you're like, part of you is like curious. You want to know what's down there. And you're like, you know, maybe the basement is the better analogy because it's the foundation. And so, um, I think the, uh, 
the, the there's I have an understanding for why it's you know both psychologically like unsettling. Um, uh, a friend of mine who's you know in the neurosciences field, he like years ago when I started getting into like weird stuff, and I would I would always ping him for like you know his thoughts on certain ideas, and he told me he's like, listen, man, whenever you start playing with the foundations of 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 your psyche. Um, you're in a very dangerous sort of area. And he meant that like more so as like, you know, just be aware of, of the, the significance of working with foundations of how you understand reality. And, um, because that can be scary because we all want something to like stand upon. And when we're going to the foundational level and then we're really getting kind of freaky with it and we're even talking about stuff which is seemingly out of our control, you know, we're talking about, you know, re, re, reworking the foundation and, you know, what's true usually for the individual can be applied to the, the collective and vice versa. And so, so yeah, there's, um, there's certainly a, a, an understanding and probably a healthy respect for it. Um, but, but I think, uh, I want to go a little bit deeper with, with your point about like, you know, thinking about, uh, an alchemical ritual on, um, not necessarily the personal level, but on the collective level, because, um, I think that's really, really significant and particularly for for understanding what's um, or, or having a, an additional perspective of looking at the events of what's happening right about now. Um, like, obviously, there's we're going to have an individual experience. I'm having my experience. You're having your experience. Everyone's got their experience. But then there's a collective one going on as well. And if you can imagine, like, you know, uh, having like a, a response as a magician, let's say, you know, you're, you're working magic in your, in your own personal realm, Mm -hmm. but then there are also going to be people who, who look at it from a much greater perspective, you know, outside of just their realm, but, but looking at, at maybe society as a whole. And I use the word magicians with quotation marks because, you know, I just mean people behind the scenes and you can apply that to every, every context. And so when this is going to be done, you're, you're thinking long term and usually that's going to be, um, you're not going to look at, let's say necessarily individual people, but you will look at generations and particularly the ages people will be, um, when, a um, let's say, a, a large, a large scale event is done and you can have an understanding or you can, you can predict with a high degree of, um, accuracy what the response would be to that generation as a whole. So I'm kind of like painting a picture going back to nine 11, you know, that would be arguably the most, um, uh, uh, obvious example of, a large scale esoteric ritual, whether, you know, you want to think that it was all done consciously and like all those symbols were done purposefully or, you know, however you want to go and interpret that, you know, that's up to you. But undoubtedly this, this event had a, a worldwide impact with, with particular emphasis of those in the United States and followed by people in, in, in Western, in Western cultures. But 
it affected everyone one way or another. And, we, and it all happened at the same time in real time. So, you know, there was this, this spike um, at that moment of like the, the collective consciousness. Now, if you step back from there and you'd be like, all right, well, let's look at the generations and, and what, where were they in life at that particular time? And, um, you know, the, the, the generations probably most, what we're going to talk about is going to be baby boomers, generation X and millennials. And I'm going to focus more so on the generation X. So anyone born 71, uh, late sixties, early seventies, which is, you know, kind of right in the heart of generation X, they hit September 11th, 2001, right when they're going through their Saturn return. And so this is like collective, like, you know, we're looking at an entire collective. And so if you're familiar with like what the Saturn return represents on an individual level, it's going to be just as true on the collective level. And the Saturn return happens at age 30. And it's when Saturn returns to the place it was um, in the heavens at the moment of your birth. Right. And from an, ast- an astrological perspective, it represents when you step into adulthood. And that entire like year, two year period is like the Saturn return um, occurs or like, you know, as it was, as it, it, it moves into that slot in, in, in the heavens of, of where it was like the, the, the theory at least is like, you know, all of this like Saturnian energy, this comes into one's, um, uh, like inner world to be expressed. And so Saturnian energy is really about discipline and challenges and, and being a grown up. So Saturn is like when you have your Saturn return, this is when you're an, you're an adult. You often see like, you know, that's when people uh, get serious, maybe about their career, maybe buy a house or like something usually significant happens. So if we go and we look at nine 11, and we think about the the psychological place which this generation X would be at at the time, like right at the Saturn return, right when they're really trying to go and establish themselves um, uh, in the foundation, if you will, of society. And I'm I'm just being general when I'm saying this. You know, the mainstream average person down the street. You know, this is when like I'm getting serious, and you have this um, this perfect symbol of of the the backbone of of western society which is you know the uh the the economy if you will the world trade center is the ultimate symbol of of economic stability and when you see this collapse down upon itself you know in and it's drilled into the psyche like they kept showing it over and over and you're already at this kind of like heightened emotional sort of state to like i want to ground and in in society in something of solid but there is no solid what that communicates in this like deep subconscious sort of way is like you know you can't you know it's 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 a kick to the balls if you will like right when when you're like you, you you're you're most exposed psychologically speaking and so that's like when when you talk about the alchemy, you know, the alchemy refers to the the change, the change from one thing to another, from something of lesser value to something of greater value. Um, and that change happens through like discomfort, if you will, um, you know, pressure. 
And so this is a perfect example of how like these rituals, you know, and, and so symbolically rich and, and magically rich and, and they're affecting like an entire generation. And there's going to be a um, there's going to be a an an impact. So now if we go and we fast forward to where we are right now, you know, in modern times, um, and we see what, – what is it? It's, it's, it's 18 years ago. Um, we see that same generation, Generation X. And we can do the same thing with the other ge- uh, uh, generations if you're interested. Um, and there is – there's like built into the, 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 the deeper parts of one's psyche that like, you know, there's no foundation, it's going to collapse. And if you're paying attention, and you're seeing all the stuff which is going on, like, you know, there has been there, there's there seems to be there's going to be a, a weak spot or a vulnerable spot to want to really of this generation to step into um, the established, the established um, foundation. And as they're almost prepared for it to crumble and as they step into like the real elder type position within society, well, they're going to be naturally looking for something new. And this is all happening as all of these changes are happening like right now. The biggest one, in my opinion, is like this switch to 5G. What's that going to be? And like the going live with the Internet of Things. And so everything is 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 like really shifting right now. And to understand how people are going to respond you want to go back and look at the last big like kind of um uh event and i would say 9-11 would be that yeah it it definitely was and uh that's something i was talking to Corey daniel about about we need to look at these dates a little closer um and and i feel like the the conspiracy field doesn't get taken seriously enough in a lot of ways and i also feel like that the uh, occultists out there, the people that understand these things, uh, that study alchemy and magic and symbolism and correspondences, also uh, get don't get taken seriously. So here again, what I'm starting to see is a sword uh, that where some people are afraid of the sword and others are trying to defend it. When well, and I believe just more and more people need to understand what's really going on here. So you got guys like Mark Passio out there who's who's promoting anarchy in his way which i don't mind his message uh he's waking people up he's trying to tell people there's rituals going on there's all of this type of control going on but when i read the forefathers material and freemasonic text it really seems like a beautiful thing so judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We need to figure out what happened for real, right? Instead of trying to guess at what happened or, or put things together. I guess we put too much st- stuff together in our head without evidence. And we're willing to throw things away that could really help our lives. That's what I'm saying. Um, I, I, it's a, that's a great point about when you read the original materials from the founding of the United States, because um, you can't come to that conc- to, to the conclusion that, you can't help but come to the conclusion that you just described, which is like, you know, there's something special here. And you read that and there's something special. Um, and so I, I personally wrestle with that same sort of question. I'm like, you know, it, I don't know how we, we got. I don't I don't want to to put any limitation on whether or not um you know, this is a bad guy or this is a good guy because we know too little and we have to look at all evidence and, and recognize, you know, what's inherently value, uh, has value and what, what, what may be trickery if you will, but then always going back and grounding it though, in my opinion is like, you know, what's going on right now because the, the, the floors are shifting. And so, um, uh, we'll, we'll come back to the history thing maybe a little bit later because I have some, some interesting stuff about that. But, um, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's a good, it's a good point you bring up in my opinion. Yeah, it is. it's, it's something I think we all need to look at now. I, I, people ask me all the time too, um, Michael, like the, why do you support, uh, people like, uh, Alex Jones and, uh, Leo Zagami. And then on the other, on the other hand, you talk to occultists like David Griffin and other folks. And I said, well, I think that just like anything else, these energies are coming into balance. I think they balance out each other. They're causing us to look at both sides of things. And, but before we go down this road, I want people to really understand who you are because we kind of just, we're jumping right into things and we need to do <laughs> a bit of a recap. You know what I'm saying? About, what you discovered uh, when it came I, to the I, Susquehanna I, River and that, uh, what that, you saw. Uh, and, and I'm guilty of that. I like to jump right in. And, and so uh, I apologize if no, that's been confusing to anyone. Um, so the Susquehanna mystery is, um, it is a look at the 400-year history on the Susquehanna River. So if you're new to that, that's a river that goes through um, New York State, Pennsylvania, and then transitions into the Chesapeake Bay. It's the same body of water. And when you look at what has occurred on this river, which happens to be, you know, if not the oldest, like one of the oldest rivers on the planet with like the most unique geological features, like it's physically different than any other river, which is out there. Um, the, the, um, the history, the world first that happened upon this river and all of the, 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 
symbolic, um, symbolically rich and esoterically rich um, backdrop of, of these world firsts, you know, the first computer, the birth of globalism and, and the distribution of electricity, you, you begin to see and you see the characters who are behind all of this and what organizations they were involved with and what their belief systems were. <clears throat> it becomes really clear and the evidence is so strong. Like it's, 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 if it was just like one thing, you'd be like, okay, but there's so much evidence and it's so tangible. It's history, it's photographs. You're like, okay, this makes sense. And what it makes sense is like, there was a 400 year magical ritual to bring about a certain expression of life on earth, um, to, uh, a certain expression on life of earth of the age of Aquarius. And, um, then that has all sorts of implications, you know, like, well, why would this work? And what's the significance of, of rivers and all sorts of stuff like that? Um, so it's there, it, it could easily be a 10 hour conversation going down all the details. So I, I gave a, a 30 second or maybe a one minute explanation, um, of a, a much bigger, of a much bigger, um, uh, explanation. so feel free to, if you want to ask me some specific questions, um, well, if we want to drop down in this intro. Yeah. So the, so the last time we talked, you moved into the area uh, for these, for certain reasons. And you, you stumbled across a few things at the river. You stumbled across what I wanted to focus on mainly uh, where we can jump this off is, is the 40th uh, parallel, right? Uh, this is something that, that I had never heard of before and I didn't even know it existed. So you saw something on a map that did not belong basically. And that's kind of where I want to start this off at. And all right. So, you know. okay. Yes. So, so I talked about the evidence and the evidence being, um, uh, undeniable. So this is, this is where it began for me because I'm very open-minded, but, but I'm also very like suspect and like grounded. I'm like, right, you know, I want, I want some proof. And I've been studying, <clears throat> I've been studying, uh, all sorts of interesting topics for a very long time. So I had, I had, I had a background of information. And so, uh, life had brought me to a small river town in Pennsylvania. I didn't grow up in Pennsylvania. I had been living in the area for like 10 years, uh-huh. but, um, but I found myself there and, and I was living on the Susquehanna River and um, I just got curious. So I went to Wikipedia and then quickly found through Wikipedia that the John Smith map of Virginia, which is the very first map um, of the mid of what we think of the mid Atlantic um, that was used in the, the beginning of the, the colonial period. And it connects to Jamestown. Jamestown was the first colony, the first English colony in, um, in North America and the first English colony outside of, I believe the British Isles. It's thought of like the beginning of both the British empire Jamestown is and of the United States. And so there's this map, uh, which has, on it, it includes the Chesapeake Bay and the Susquehanna River. That's how I, that's how why Wikipedia was making reference to it. And there's it's a it's a fascinating map. There are drawings on it, and it's it's from whatever way you want to go and look at. It. If you like history and you like maps, like and if you like weird stuff, definitely. But even if you just like history and maps, like it's it's fascinating. Um, 
but I was looking at it and it's, and it's like a, a, a very, very strong piece of the historical record. It was used for 85 years, like that or, or different versions of it. So it's, it's, it's really well established in the historical record. And I'm looking at it and on the very top that it, it has the different latitudinal markers or parallels they're known as. Like the equator is a parallel. It's at zero degrees latitude. And and I'm sorry, uh, I lost my train of thought for a moment. It's so, the train. So it the train the, threw you off, man. <laughs> it's, 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 it, that's exactly right. So it has the different um, it has the different uh, parallels on there. And so if the equator is zero degrees, it goes all the way up to ninety degrees at the North Pole and uh, ninety degrees at the South Pole. So there's it. Uh, parallels are given in like north and south. And so the 40th parallel was listed. They have the, the, the 37th, the 38th, the 39th, the 40th and the 41st parallel listed on the top of the map. And I'm just kind of looking at it. And I see that the, the number 40 isn't just backwards, but it's mirrored. You know, the four is pointing in the wrong direction. And I know enough about like, you know, uh, the use of reverse, reverse language and reverse numbers to be like, all right, this is, this, this is pointing to something. And I started doing a little bit of research. You know, I just went and I searched like, well, you know, why is, why is the, the 40 reversed on the John Smith map? And I was doing all this research along that and I couldn't find any, there were no hits. And mm. I found that is very, very unusual. Um, because, you know whether there was a a, a good ec- a, a logical or a or a like a, um, oh this is why the explanation back then like they always wrote the forty backwards you know or whether it was someone who had <coughs> asked the same question in the past themselves I don't know but nothing there was absolutely nothing mentioned and so that was that was my hook that was what 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 the doorway I walked through when I first became introduced to it. I'm like, this is something which is real. And then as I began to, to do a little bit more research, you know, I, prior to this, you know, I was, I guess, conceptually aware that there were equator, that there were like parallels and latitudes, but I certainly didn't know where I was. And what, what I found was, um, I'm literally living, uh, five miles from the exact 40 degrees, zero minutes and zero seconds, um, that, that, that imaginary line, that 40 degrees, it's, it's about 70 miles between degrees from like the 40th degree to the 41st degree, 70 miles. So I'm like right on the spot on this map that says 40th parallel. And, and the, the conclusion of the, of the deciphering of that map using techniques described by Manley P. Hall was that it's a secret location. It's the 40th parallel to Susquehanna River, which I just so, so happened to be living in. So there was this strange kind of like, you know, I'm uncovering this thing, but I'm intimately connected to it just because I happen to be living there. It's not like I'm looking at something on Google Earth, which is on the other side of the planet. Like, you know, this is my life as well. So there was definitely a very, very um, strong, synchromistic, synchronistic um, connection I had to the entire 
uncovering process. Yeah, and so as you looked into these uh, mysteries, I guess that you started learning, you started seeing more and more signs. And where we broke off, you said, "Okay, uh, do you want to talk about the perfection of the of the number four hundred, right? Or do you want to talk about the monuments and uh, some of the, uh, I guess, some of the signposts that are there?" And we went okay. down the road of the four hundred. So, um. So this time, what I'm really concerned about is, you know, I just had a discussion with Maria Wheatley, and she was talking about the energies of the earth dowsing, as she had made it clear that, you know, putting your house or building a house on a grid line was bad, but not so much a ley line. So this is try- this is stuff I'm trying to understand. Also, with uh, an astrologer that we have on frequently, Jeff Harmon, who talks about the uh, planetary energetic lines that are there as well. And he does location astrology. So we we all know on this show that magicians use, uh, they use the planets to invoke forces, uh, or they, use, they also use the moon. They use elements, and they use timing, because there's certain timing, right? Like hours of the day, stuff like that. And then they also use dates as well, so they can really stack numbers. And when they stack a lot of that stuff, Usually that's where you'll, you will find something that's very substantial or something very powerful. And these tend to be in locations like monuments, stuff like that. We've also discussed the, the Pentagon and how it's shaped as, you know, a Pentagon and why that is and that it holds the power of Mars and the God of War, stuff like that. So from that, from there, or do you believe that, and this is what I really wanted to get and understand from you last show, is that the Susquehanna River, this location here, that there was some type of ritual that happened where they invoked a force for the United States of America? Uh, yes, uh, undoubtedly that happened. Um, it, it happened in multiple ways, which are completely identifiable, um, both in the historical record and by looking at Google Earth. Uh, <laughs> um <coughs> To what they were doing exactly, like I have certain thoughts of what of what they may have been um, invoking, mm-hmm. but uh, that is more so like you know this is my conclusion, this is what I think it is. Sure. But as it relates to like, did they do rituals and did they? Did, yes, you go and and we could talk about that in a moment, but uh, but that's that I think is an an indisputable fact when when i present some of that information uh i i want to i want to bring up one point before i i define the the indisputable facts and you were talking about like planetary lines and grid lines and and all of the different like ley lines and the energy lines and mm-hmm. um personally i find a lot of that very confusing and what makes the most sense to me in terms of, of trying to create like a mental model of it is like there's a um, – in the same way we have in our individual physical body, we have all of these different systems. Like you have your circulatory system, your nervous system, your skeletal system and so forth. Right. That there – the same thing is happening. There are these different like energy systems that maybe work in concert with one another and have like different different responsibilities, Um, 
what it seems to me that was done upon the river is on a different type of system than maybe some of those other systems. Like obviously planetary system is uh, lines are going to be a little bit different than like, let's say ley lines. And this has more to do with the significance of water and specifically rivers. Um, rivers have always been seen in ancient cultures as holding a very, very significant, um, uh, place within both the lives of the people, like how they live their lives and the significance of the river, which they were associated with, but then also seen as vehicles, physical vehicles of, of the divine or some sort of, um, uh, um, channel maybe. So yeah, exactly. Speak. Like, you know, it's, it's, you have to learn how to read between the lines because most of the information is presented either in mythological form or in like arche in archaeological historical form, which kind of like downplays a lot of the stuff. You're like, well, why would they be doing this? What would be what what would that relationship be? And so it's my sense that what what's happened upon the river falls more along those lines. Now and. You okay. don't know the dates as far as to any of this stuff, though. When these things happen, do you? Do you have oh, yeah, specific yeah, 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 dates yeah, yeah. as far yeah, as? Yeah. Okay. So, so I mean, we talked about this last time with the four hundred years. Like, we could look at the starting point, the establishment of Jamestown. We know that from the historical record. That's May fourteenth, sixteen o seven, and then um, where I say the conclusion of the ritual occurred was May 12th, 2007. The reasons the 12th is opposed to the 14th is because the 12th fell on a Saturday and the Saturday is when they had like the ritual and two things happened. There was a 400th year anniversary of the establishment of Jamestown where Queen Elizabeth II came to see the bushes were there, her cousins. And, you know, so, you know, it's that big deal. And then at that, the location we're talking about exactly at, at the 40th pair, on the Susquehanna River, one quarter of a mile away from the river's bank, exactly at that location, a park opened up that same weekend, that same date, and that's the park with the alchemical symbols on it. So it's like we've got those dates, but but and that's the that's like the the river ritual. But they they did other stuff too, which which uh, we can we can bring into the equation as as well, if you would like. Yes, yes, I All would right. like to. All right. So what we have in the center, so um, it's called High Point Scenic Vista. If anyone wants to go and search that High Point Scenic Vista in York, Pennsylvania, that's that's the name of the park. And if you had a map, if if you can imagine uh, like a regular map and it's laying flat on your table and you've got a compass. So you got a compass point and you got like a pencil on the other end and you put that compass point exactly where um, – where uh, uh, high point is, and then you draw, you extend out the compass to, I'm going to tell you the location of a college. It's called Franklin and Marshall College, named after Ben Franklin, the, the, the high priest of the founding fathers. And then you draw a circle from that radius. And then you're going to go and extend a line through the center, through high point from Franklin and Marshall College to the opposite side of the circle. So you made a, a perfect diameter and you're going to go see there's another college directly opposite from it. Um, and that's called York College. Both of these colleges, which are completely bisected by the 40th parallel and at the 40th parallel is this alchemical sort of um, 
uh, ritual site. Both of these colleges tie into um, Ben Franklin and the American Philosophical Society, and both were established in 1787. And the the Philosophical Society, which is still around today, was and Ben Franklin was the founder of it. Um, it was the American version of the Royal Society of. Of London, I think that's the full name. Right, the full name is it the Royal Society of London or just the Royal Society? I don't know, but that's the oldest learned society, and it was established, I think, like in the mid 1600s, um, inspired by the writings of Francis Bacon. We didn't even mention this, but Francis Bacon was the guy behind the map. Like that's a pretty easy connection because he was the the head of the um, executive council that was behind Jamestown. So when you go and you, you connect the dots of like timing, you could see, yeah, the map was in Francis Bacon's hand at this time. And that's where all of this stuff was put into it. And it fits his his modus operandi. But the point I was making with the Royal Society is the Royal Society was based upon Francis Bacon's writings uh, as he discussed um, uh, what was called Solomon's House in the New Atlantis. That was what Francis Bacon's book was was called. And all of this is very, very kind of like uh, uh, innuendo magical and alchemical. And so – it's been said by many people way before me that that the Royal Society is a living symbol of Francis Bacon or the Rosicrucian Invisible College. Right. And and the American Philosophical Society established by major occultist Ben Franklin saying like, hey, yeah, this is our version of the Royal Society. They're like, yes, this is our invisible college. So now what we have is this, 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 um, this, these two institutions, which are um, Frank, Ben Franklin and Marshall College. You know, it's, it was established um, as, a, as a college because Ben Franklin gave the initial money to it. And then your college was founded by a guy who was a member of the American Philosophical Society. Um, lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know, how many members are there? Like 70 at tops. You know, this guy establishes it the same year. It's bisected by the 40th parallel. 
And then if you made a T-square off of it, so you make a perfect 90-degree angle um, coming from high point, coming from the center of the circle up to the top of the circle, so you have like this perfect T, a T-square in astrology, you have a third college, and this is Elizabethtown College. Remember, this all began under Elizabeth I. That's why Elizabeth II, why she was sitting on the throne at at, um, at, uh, uh, at the – the 400th anniversary, like all of these symbols kind of line up. And, and, and keep in mind too, if anybody's ever read, uh, the Rosicrucian manifestos, they, that's what they do. They, they put up signposts purposefully for people that are actually decoding these things. They also take up professions that are in the fields of science and medicine on purpose. So think about that. They hide, but they put signs out. So and, and well, I'll tell you this is what's interesting or what I found interesting. So if you go and you look at, um, I, I have a diagram where I have what I just described, uh, the the vision I try to paint in 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 your mind of the compass and the circle. Like I have that diagram as a diagram I like to show very frequently, and it's a circle around high point. You could see the T square and like highlighted on the map. It's it's uh, this shape is placed on top of like a regular map. You would buy it a bookstore at a, at a gas station <clears throat> and highlight on the maps of the different colleges. And you can see it like with your own eyes, but you'll see that that T square is slightly skewed from the East West, um, from the East West line, um, the East West line, or I show like the 40th parallel going straight through high point, but the angle which this T square is askewed by, that, that angle, that shift, is 23 and a half degrees. So why is that significant? Because 23 and a half degrees is the angle. And I know this because I just put a protractor on, like, you know, this diagram which I made. Like, you know, it's, this isn't written anywhere. This is just, like, you know, decoding it. Um, 23 and a half degrees is the 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 tilt of the earth that's the axial tilt so the idea behind it would be by by placing like if if using astrology as a model when there's a t-square what a t-square represents is like you know very very linked in tied in together different planetary energies that are like that are connected as strongly as any connections can be, but also in a very kind of like jarring way, like you're being squeezed in three directions, but it's very, very powerful. And so there are these three institutions and whatever college represents, you know, we have these invisible colleges putting this T-square like pressure, if you will, on this spot, which is then at a 23 in harmony at 23 and a half degrees with like an east west um, uh, a line and what that does is it puts in resonance with the earth that's what all of this stuff is about it's like you know how do i link in to have as much influence on this 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 playing field the the the, the playing field of life of material right. life and that's what seems to be doing. So, like, that's more of like the mechanisms. Uh, and you can ask me some questions about that, but then I can go into the to the ritual specifically that was done, the historical ritual. Fantastic. And I think that's what what you're gonna like. You want to hear that? Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I like to get into the ethical side of things too because I know what people think 
once they start realizing it, well, you know, they're trying to influence uh, certain powers over the country. That's terrible. That's awful. That's bad. Well, is it? We really need to ask. Uh, we need to ask these questions. But yes, please go ahead on the ritual uh, part. All right. So, um, are you familiar with the story of how the founding fathers um, were inspired for the the model of um, like the executive branch and the the legislative branch and the judicial branch? They were inspired by the Iroquois Nation. Well. No, I'm not familiar with that. I know that Freemasonry inspired the way our government is, but um, as far as those branches, no. Go ahead. Well, if you go and you you look a, not like really deep in history, like this is probably like you know a factoid in the USA Today. Like you know, it's that level of of like history. Um, you'll see like there's always like this like you'll you'll see a a, a reference to the founding fathers were inspired by the Iroquois Nation for for developing the government like that's that i i'm trying to paint like you know this is this is our baseline this is where we're beginning and then the question is like well well when did this happen how did this happen and so this happened it's something which was known as the treaty of lancaster the 1744 treaty of lancaster and so it's my contention uh, upon like looking at all of this and there's tons and tons of information, which, you know, I'm just leapfrogging over to get to, you know, this juicy stuff I'm going to share with you right now. But, but the conclusion I reached was that the city of Lancaster was specifically chosen because of its location relative to this sacred location, the 40th parallel on the Susquehanna river. And the entire city was laid out for an alchemical ritual. And this ritual, you know, maybe there's like a whole bunch of other stuff that, that happens behind the scenes, but this one definitely happened like, you know, front and center, the 1744 Treaty of Lancaster. So what happened at this Treaty of Lancaster is, is just that. It was, it was the, um, the governors of three different colonies, of the Pennsylvania colony, of the uh, – um, of the Virginia colony, maybe the Delaware colony, they were getting together and they were, they were going to discuss like a whole bunch of um, uh, borders and boundaries and, and renegotiate treaties with the Iroquois nation. The Iroquois nation was the most dominant um, uh, grouping of, of Native Americans in the eastern seaborne at the time. Like they were like – this was – they were – this was the most dominating um, group. So it was like a big deal to have this, this, this meeting. Uh-huh. And so it lasted over a week. And it was, it was, uh, um, it was, a, it was a, a success, I suppose, for, for whatever reason. Like both parties left, uh, left that meeting feeling good. But one of the closing remarks in this meeting was, was Kana Satego, who was the spokesperson for the Iroquois nation. And he gave this speech and you can go and, and read it. And he basically, this is where the idea was given about how the founding fathers should, should, or the, 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 the governors of these colonies should learn from the Iroquois nation and structure yourselves like independent yet at the same time, like, you know, you, you all have each other's back. And Ben Franklin was a young man and he like took copious notes and he put it in pamphlet form and he he shared that throughout um 
throughout uh, um, the colonies. So that's all like history. Like you go and read that in Wikipedia. So now we're going to go and we're going to go a little bit deeper and we're going to go and look at like who all the people are, um, are involved in this meeting. And what plays a big part in this meeting where people were staying is the Ephida, the Ephida cloister. All right. So, are you f- well, the Ephida cloister a, a little bit, but I'm going to tell you what, we're going to stop right there and we got it. We have to take a break, but this, that's where we're going to pick up where this meeting okay. happens. Um, All right. I skipped the first break on purpose because I really wanted to lay a good foundation for the rest of the the broadcast tonight. Here we're here with Michael Wan. Uh, you guys can check out the website too for reference. And I think if you can uh, tonight, it would be very important for you to do that at SusquehannaAlchemy.com. I've also dropped the link in <coughs> to the Fringe FM chat as well, so um, the links are there as well. We'll be right back. Stay with us. And on Lighting the Void, each and every week, you will get to hear shows about magic, mysticism, and many other subjects that stretch your mind and imagination. So when I got my mind on the magic and the magic on my mind, I listened to Lighting the Void on the Fringe FM. It's magic. You're wondering what we're going to do to you, guys. This is Corbin, son of the one and only Joe Root, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Okay, here we go. AncientLifeOil.com. AncientLifeOil.com. Now, this is for CBD. AncientLifeOil.com. Again, for CBD. Where do I get CBD? AncientLifeOil.com. It's pretty good stuff. Organic, non-GMO. We are the Ferrari of CBDs. AncientLifeOil.com. You know, they say when you mention a person's name three times when you first meet that you're going to remember. So I'd say to you, nice to meet you, AncientLifeOil.com. It's AncientLifeOil.com, right? Nice to know that you help people. AncientLifeOil.com. Think about this. Occasional stress, occasional anxiety, occasional inflammation, occasional stiffness, and intruders that get you down. AncientLifeOil.com. Okay, so I'm going to give you a fact for the day. So Ancient Life Oil does not help you with business deals. Hold on a second. If you feel better, it could help you make a better decision. Okay, I'm wrong. Just remember to go to ancientlifeoil.com. Come, walk through the mossy creek and up the hill. Never mind the flashing lights and otherworldly shadows. They stay hidden within the trees. Come, step up to the shack and begin your journey to the answers that you seek. This is Lady Anne, and you are listening to Lighting the Void on the Fringe 
FM. Did you know that qualified patients can access medical cannabis in all 50 states? Anasense is a medical cannabis collective that helps patients in all 50 states gain access to cannabis medication. Anasense does this with a streamlined process and strict compliance with the Compassionate Use Act of 1996, the Affordable Care Act, and the U.S. Constitution. It is important for each patient to understand the legalities involved, the costs, and the benefits of cannabis medication. Through truth, legalization, and education, the medical benefits of cannabis will supplant recreational perceptions and the real vision for change will be realized. Let the people and their personal doctors take control of their medical cannabis decisions before the greed of big business takes over. The tipping point for change is today, and Canasense is ready to lead the charge and enable legal access for all qualified patients to medical cannabis through its proven system. For more information, go to thefriends.fm forward slash care or click the banner on the website today. Alex This is Alex Exum of the Exum Experience and Live Talk, where we discuss current events, society, and culture. My shows are based in actuality, actual existence, contrasted with what was intended, expected, or believed. You can listen to me live Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays at 7 p.m. only on KTLK The Fringe FM. I'm getting older and noticing that my body just doesn't work as well as it used to. So I like to keep fit as possible by hitting the gym a few times a week. Recently, I started having a nagging bicep pain and it got so bad I couldn't even lift the weights. When I was complaining about it to a friend, he told me about Angioprim. He said chelation helps remove toxins, heavy metals, and cholesterol in veins and arteries that may cause blockages. You know, after just one week of taking Angioprim, the pain was gone and now I'm back in the gym full strength. Scientific research proves the active ingredient in angioprim has superior oral chelation action that helps promote cardiovascular health. So to learn more, go to angioprim.com. That's A-N-G-I-O-P-R-I-M.com. Or talk to a trained consultant. Call angioprim toll-free at 877-882-7221. You'll feel better with more energy. Call 877-882-7221. Or go to the website, angioprim.com. I'm Ryan Gable, and I want to remind you to keep your radio, phone, tablet, or computer tuned to The Fringe FM. And visit the website, thefringe.fm, to listen to the entire lineup of shows. You can also catch my broadcast, The Secret Teachings, Monday through Friday, beginning at 12 a.m. midnight U.S. Pacific Time, right here on The Fringe FM. SusquehannaAlchemy.com and just before the break he had told us how he led up to this this discovery on the 40th parallel the the Susquehanna River. He looked into the history he looked at the monuments the colleges, everything where he is about to explain 
some more clues to this. Um, and what I'd asked him at previously before the break was, do you believe that our forefathers did magic rituals to invoke certain forces on this planet, or especially on this country? I believe that's how I asked it. And he said yes, and then we went into that. So now we are at uh, the 1774 Treaty of Lancaster, which is basically a meeting of minds with the Iroquois Indians. And so when you say some very important people had this meeting, are you talking about, like you mentioned earlier, Ben Franklin, some of our generals, or just the leaders of, of, of the statesmen? Is that what you mean? So uh, I would say more so having to do with, like, uh, um, when I said important, um, relative to uh, rich. There, there were two things that were happening. There was, like, you know, the real, the real world um, treaty negotiations which were happening. You know, that really happened. There were real, like, political type of ramifications. But – when you look at all of the, the the smaller details that are are given to us in history, and we also have like the 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 ability of hindsight, that, then we can go in, um, we can make certain sort of conclusions, and it's, it's it's certainly possible that this was a lot of the stuff which I think has happened upon the river um, was not done consciously. Like it was done, the conscious mind had another reason for why it was done, but the subconscious or, you know, the driving force beyond, uh, which is beyond our, our, our thinking awareness, like that's what, what, what drove a lot of this. And so whether or not this treaty of Lancaster was a full on open ritual that everyone was like participating on, or it was something happened there, uh, you know, maybe that's up for discussion, but my sense is there's probably major, major ritualistic aspects which were involved. And the reason I say that is because of the, the presence of the Ephrata cloister. And the Ephrata cloister is the first permanent Rosicrucian facility in the New World. And it's probably like maybe 15 miles from Lancaster city. And it was established, uh, like in 17, like 1730, 1732. So, uh, the spokesperson for Conestatego was, um, was Conrad Weiser. And he was, you know, a, a, a prominent member of the cloister and, you know, a known Rosicrucian. We know just the nature of, um, the, Iroquois nation was that it was it was ritual it was a ritualistic culture like there were ceremonies ceremony life was ceremony so of course they're going to take something of this significance and have a ritualistic aspect as well but and and the location of where this took place it took place in the exact center of the city of Lancaster so Lancaster is a square and you'll know the exact center by connecting the um the corners like you just draw a line in a square from one corner to another corner and the other corner to the other corner and where those lines intersect is the center and you can see on the map of Lancaster City that's where the intersection of King and Queen Street is the perfect center and that's where the what's called the old courthouse was located it's also where the um the the 
the Masonic Lodge was located. It was, and there was a road that went straight from the Masonic Lodge in Philadelphia directly to um, the, the center of Lancaster to the Masonic Lodge in Lancaster. And it was known as the King's Highway. It was the first turnpike in the in the in the New World. It was this area was very significant. Is the point I'm trying to make. Um, and so going back to Lancaster, Lancaster was laid out by someone by the name of James Hamilton. James Hamilton is a very well-known um, Freemason, but he was also the president of the American Philosophical Society. And this is just an assumption on my behalf, but, you know, I think it's, 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 it's a pretty big uh, – there, there are many clues that Ben Franklin, who was a member of the Rosicrucian Order, or, last, or at least all the Rosicrucian Orders say he was, and he left all these clues that he was a member. Um, if he was the founder of the American Philosophical Order, and he said that it is a mirror of, of the – the Royal Society, it's probably safe to assume that maybe beneath the um, – that there was a, a, a deeper level to that organization, which would probably be more um, magical in approach than, than like a learned society. And, and my guess would be the president of the association would – our society would probably be privy to that. So my, my assumption is James Hamilton is the president of the American Philosophical Society and a – and a high-ranking Freemason was probably a Rosicrucian. He laid out the city. And when you read Manly P. Hall's works, and I think he's probably the um, the best example of someone who's really looked into the founding fathers as from a um, from a ritualistic perspective. He said that they were always trying to recreate, or not recreate, but to create. Um, in material reality, Francis Bacon's New Atlantis. That was like the, the vision behind um, the, the establishment of the United States. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And so we go and, and we have all of these kind of like markers that that point to this being very significant. You, you know, the the um, the the presence of the Rosicrucians, the location of the building, all this sort of stuff. And then specifically that Conestego, um, he really introduced the idea of Congress. He was like, you know, you guys should be independent estates, but then you should have like something where you're all you're all equal. You're all equal and you all have each other's backs. And so that was introduced during this, this conference. So this is where it gets really kind of interesting, where it gets kind of like, all right, this is, this is kind of, um, uh, uh, you know, unexplainable other than like, you know, magical realm sort of stuff. 
So exactly 33 years, three months, and three days later. And so we've got 33, 33. And the reason why that's significant is because Francis Bacon, who was the, you know, the, the supposed grandmaster of, of the Rosicrucian order, um, that was his own secret code for himself, 33. And he also would go by TT for you know, 33 as well. <clears throat> so we have this, this clue. Like I'm, I haven't told you what's happened 33 years, three months, and three days later, but, but I'm linking it right now to, to Bacon. So exactly 33 years, three months, and three days from when Kana Satego spoke in the exact building, so in the old courthouse on September 27th, 1777. Remember, this is the 1744 is when the treaty took place. For one day and one day only, the city of Lancaster housed Congress. It was the capital of the United States. The, the Congress was in Philadelphia and they had to go, um, they had to go west because of, of, I guess, British forces. And so for one day, they actually held, they held, um, I don't know, what do you, whatever the term would be for, it wouldn't be hold court, but I mean, it basically is, but they did that in the building at exactly third, you know, this, this, um, this number, which resonates so deeply with the idea which was first invoked, it was stated, it was like, it was said from the mouth of Conrad Weiser, you know, this Rosicrucian, he interpreted the words of Kana Satego and all that he represents on this significant location, and then it became manifest. Wow. Okay. So what can we look at as far as the correspondences of the location when it comes to magical forces like gods, goddesses, planets, anything like that. What did you, did you discover anything like that? Well, I didn't, I didn't exactly look at it from that level. I, um, I looked at it from another level and and I would imagine your insight for like the gods and the goddesses and that sort of stuff. Like, you know, I'd be curious to hear your take, but what I did see was coming from that location. Like I like to look at, I like to look at <clears throat> material reality, and because it's it's so tangible. And from that location, there are um, there's a road. I told you it was on um, the 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 courthouse was at the intersection of King Street and Queen Street, <clears throat> which is you know an alchemical union, right? So uh, King Street extends out to the Susquehanna River, and it branches off. And there are only three other roads that also branch off um, that continue to the river. And I've looked at each of those roads from like a, a symbolic lens, and they are so rich with the symbolism of the planet Venus. There's so the another road is so rich with the symbolism of Saturn. And, you know, I can go into those if you're interested, how I came to those conclusions. And then the third road, which I call like the road of prophecy, you know, is the most mysterious and it's called Route 999. And it it exactly the 40th parallel and 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 the uh, uh, 
and the Susquehanna River, it, 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 it dead ends into this other road, which is called River Road because it's right on the river. But it's also known as Route 441 or the reversal of 144. And 144 comes into a lot of this as well. Uh, and its significance, uh, particularly as it relates to the book of revelations, in my opinion. Um, but like everything, like this key number nine, 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 the end of three of like maybe three cycles or one major cycle or the, con- the convergence of three cycles. However, you want to look at what nine ninety nine represents. Right. It dies in like right at the location. And it's, uh, um, that's extremely magical by the way. It's extremely. And so these three roads are these energy lines that connect directly to the river. And so the way I saw the, you know, this is how I, I looked at it from my mind was like, you know, something was evoked, you know, and, and energy was, 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 um, was, was created a a, a vortex for lack of a better word. And it wants to ground in like, just naturally it's going to ground into the river. And that shows itself in, in real reality, you know, and like, you know, the roads were really made and they named these roads. So, you know, each one of these roads has like a, 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 an interesting name to it, which like ties into these different planetary energies I was talking about. But these are the energies that came from that spot that wanted to go and um, and ground into the river at the key location at this 40th parallel. And I go into that in great detail, uh, both of those in, in two different videos. One was called Mystic Lancaster Part 3 um, and the and mystic lancaster part four they're both on on youtube like i I go and i show maps and i explain like in detail like where all of this stuff is coming from and it's if if that if there's an interest there like you know this is a very niche sort of topic this is like to get that like down into the granular level but if you're interested in that like the details are there it's a fascinating story yeah and i just want to say too um as far as numbers go, everybody kind of puts all these numbers together. But what, you know, we had a discussion with Corey about this, and they do gematria, multiplication, etc. The easiest way to find out just how powerful something is, right, when it comes to number, is understand that the entire Western magical system is based on the tree of life. The, the numbers from zero to ten are the most powerful and so when you times it by three it makes it even more powerful this is where 666 comes from which is actually the number of the sun but it also is in geometria its simplest form is the number of man too which is uh i'm gonna go into this real quick if you don't mind michael no please Um, do so the number nine is the sphere of yesod on the tree of life that corresponds with the lunar energies and also the realm of formation the realm of formation and the lunar energy is the realm is the magical realm the realm of the unconscious the astral realm the the astral light the dream world uh the realm of water think about that one michael since this is on this river water the forces of water uh it all represents that realm of the unconscious where magic and the universe understands signs symbols monuments and you name it this is a huge magical trigger, if you ask me, um, because these are the largest forces that you learn about. And anybody, this isn't a secret no more. This used to be the most secret stuff 
on the planet, right? It's no longer a secret. It's all out there, and every magical book you want to read when it comes to Crowley, Israel Regardi, The Golden Dawn, the Rosicrucians, like all of the mysteries have been revealed. So when you pick this stuff apart now, you can see where the numbers lead up to. 9 plus 9 plus 9, that comes out to, what, 20, 27, right? 27 plus 2 is 9. Yes. You can multiply it. It still all breaks down to 9. And so, therefore, you know it comes from that realm. That realm, if you imagine it, it is like it's the realm of formation. So something has to be a concept before it comes down to Malkuth based on symbolism before it hits the earth. It's kind of like you can't have... Uh, you can't invoke a force to this earth without first going through these realms, right? Now, I want you to think about that, that whole thing where it says uh, in the Bible, no one gets to the Father but through me. Well, well Christ is, you know, the, is, represents Tifereth, which is the sun, which is uh, kind of like the 666 realm, but it's, it all adds up to the same thing, right? Um, but they use these forces, the planets, and they stack the magic with the dates and everything. So, yeah, I was just letting everybody know that part. So go ahead. So that that to me, like when you go and you look at all of those pieces together, um, the conclusion is is that, yeah, this they, they were doing something and there was an effect. And then you go and you look at everything which is from – if you go and you look at all of the history of what has happened then on the river and then its impact upon the rest of the globe, like you, 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 you begin to um, – you begin to get a feel of like, all right, this is, this is very real. This is very real. Um, and I could tell you like a, a quick anecdote uh, – can we take like a, a little yeah, uh, turn? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so on Instagram, so I, I'm, I'm pretty active on Instagram. I found it to be a, a, a fun way to, to convey information. And I've been intrigued by, by the city of Scranton for some time now, you know, it's been kind of in the back of my mind, um, uh, for a variety of reasons. And so, um, Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Maybe this August, sometime this August, I... I did a, a post or seven different slides or a handful of slides all about Scranton. And what I'm talking about in Scranton was just all of the strange things that seemed to happen there. And so Scranton, Pennsylvania is, you know, a, 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 a tertiary. Uh, it's, it's a smaller city in the middle of like uh, nowhere, more or less. And, Despite that, it has a very, very strong influence on um, on contemporary life. Everything from just being the setting of the TV show, The Office, to being the hometown of um, 
being the hometown of of Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton came from there and like one of the guys who was, you know, we talked about 9-11, who was in charge of the Carlisle Group when 9-11 happened, like, like all sorts of stuff like that. And it's also the home of, if you're familiar with, the Institute of Hermetic Studies. Wow, okay. And so I'm just kind of like talking about that. And and uh, so I, I did a post and, and, and B.F. Skinner, B.F. Skinner is from Scranton and all this sort of stuff. So I talk about that. And then the next day I do another post and... I about five miles southeast of Scranton is a smaller little city called Wyoming, Pennsylvania. And Wyoming is right on the Susquehanna River. Uh, Scranton is like, you know, maybe 10 miles away. And Wyoming has a really interesting history. And, and this is where the, the state Wyoming was. Uh, its name can come back to the Wyoming area of, of Pennsylvania, but in Wyoming was was um, um, a, a pretty big event during the Revolutionary War, and it was known as the Massacre of Wyoming. And it was more or less a, a battle how a whole bunch of um, of 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 uh, um, colonialists were, or, uh, well, what's the word I'm even looking for? I can't even think of, of that. The word I want to call, um, the people who were, uh, fighting against the Brits at the time, well, we were they were the, ambushed. The rebellion and, and at they, that time. <laughs> That's yes. We the rebellion. Called, right? Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so they got, so they get massacred and, when you go a little bit deeper into that story, there was, uh, what's known as, um, uh, bloody rock where 10 guys were gathered up and their heads were smashed onto a rock and, um, and their bodies thrown in the river. And it was done by this woman who was known as queen Esther. And I went deep into like the whole queen Esther thing, because there's so much goddess symbology onto the river and like Esther and her connection to the, uh, the, the Jewish holiday Purim. And that was a, like about a ritualistic revenge killing. And this was a revenge killing story. And then like Ishtar and like all this sort of stuff. So I went down that that whole path. And then specifically what was interesting was um, there was a picture of on the, the website of the Institute of Hermetic Studies of Guy Ritchie standing with with the um, yeah, with the Institute's director. I've had the guy on the show, actually, just okay, last week. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, so, so, so this is where Stavish is located. Right. This is exactly where that is. So I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but there's like there's something going on in in <laughs> in. In uh, um, Scranton, and and the picture on, of Stavish with 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 Guy Ritchie is significant because Guy Ritchie is married or was married to Madonna, who changed her name uh, to Esther, and so there's then this Queen Esther story which ties in. So there's all this sort of stuff, and I posted this on Instagram, and it was kind of interesting. There's like some comments going back and forth, and there was this uh, one comment from. Uh, from a reader who is um, really into the numbers. And I refer to the massacre of Wyoming as capital M, lowercase o, capital W. And I just did that as shorthand. And then that guy's response was, um, you know, that could be seen as 303 backslash 33. 
And, and that was like kind of the extent of the comment. That very night, so that very night was um, one of the Democratic Party primary debates. And that night, uh, Joe Biden was on it. And Joe Biden was called out specifically in this series of posts because, you know, he's from uh, he's from Scranton. And, you know, I'm not even getting into some of the interesting stuff in there. I'd recommend if you uh, to go look at the, the Instagram post itself because it's pretty interesting. But Joe Biden was in the debate. And the most interesting thing in the debate or, or what got a lot of the, the chatter and the collective consciousness was a flub that Joe Biden made at the very end of the debate. And so like during his closing remarks, he meant to say, like, go to Joe Biden 2020.com. But it came out, it said Joe Biden 30333. Whoa. Which were what? the exact numbers on the exact day? Like you know, we're like we're we're just like we're, we're we're tapping into this energy. We're playing with it, you know. There's there and there was a there was a I looked at it as a nodal point. Like I may have put out like a, a a lightning bolt with a post. Anytime someone puts something out, you know, there's a it's an a, an expression of energy, but there has to be a node to receive it. And so some other guy receives it, and he he reflects it back with his like numbers. Somehow that gets into like the 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 etheric stream, if you will, and all of this is grounded and bided, and you know who knows what happens and these numbers come out of his mouth, the exact same numbers these guys say wow yeah um so i I need to look at this information even more because I can almost i guarantee you. There is a deep Rosicrucian line there somewhere. Um, there, there definitely is. What I'm wondering, though, uh, is when it came to the Indians, the Iroquois Indians, I wonder what we, because you have a picture on your website, okay, uh, and so people can go to it at the SusquehannaAlchemy.com, where that is a picture of the an Iroquois Indian with a bow standing on a map. Am I correct about that? Yes. Yes, that's the John Smith map. That's the map we're talking okay. about. Uh, our Masonic regalia are the Masons of this country, and, I mean, anybody can see that there's a lot of similarities there. I mean, you mapped them out there, too. Uh, so I wonder what they adopted from these Indians. Do you know anything about the teachings or any of the goddesses or anything that they worshipped, the Indians themselves? Uh, no, no, not anything I would, I would, I would be comfortable talking about, but, but I certainly have my thoughts. Um, I mean, there are a couple things. I'm interested in those too. Uh, (laughs) the, so the, the, the Indian on the map, it's a, it's a Susquehannock and it says underneath the Susquehannock's feet, it says the Susquehannocks are a giant like people thus attired. And to put, you, you want to have like some sort of context. So this map, every inch of this map is, is considered, uh, you know, square footage and the more space something takes up, like, you know, the more valuable it is. The whole map is conveying information, no matter how you want to look at it. 
And its primary function obviously is as a map, but there's there's a lot of other information on there. And so there's this picture of of the Susquehannock warrior. And it's arguably the the most dominant visual part of the entire map. And the reason I say that is because of um of there there's there's no background kind of competing with it. Like there's there's lots of um on the rest of the map, it's filled with detail and like everything has like a lot of background information, which will be competing with whatever you're looking at. But this, this one Susquehannock warrior is just like off to the side, huge amount of space, relative space. And there's, there's nothing in the background. So, you know, it's important. And then you see that there's over a hundred different tribes labeled on this map. Yet this is the only one which is really called out. Like this is a very, very special, um, a uh, uh, group of people and the the meaning behind it because what you're seeing when you look at this map is an example of what's called steganography it was a it's it was a, a a way of conveying information which was very common during this time period which is all about um, hiding information in public documents you know hiding in plain sight right. and steganography has lots and lots of layers and and like all things rosicrucian all things masonic like you know there uh, one symbol can have multiple multiple meanings so one of them and what i think is one of the most important ones is that that warrior is a symbol of the river it's a double entendre it's a visual double entendre um <coughs> the 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 bow sits right on the source location of the Susquehanna River. So if you look closely at the map, you'll see it sits right at the very beginning of the river, which happens to be Cooperstown, New York. It's, you know, right where the Baseball Hall of Fame is. This all ties in. Um, and the river is named as the Susquehanna Flu, the Susquehanna River, and the warrior's name is the Susquehanna. You have to realize that at that particular time, neither that river nor those people were universally known as Susquehanna. Ah, This this document established it in the lexicon. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The, the, the people we call the Susquehannocks, the French called them the Andaste, the, uh, the Swedes called them the Minkwa. Um, we don't know what they called themselves, but, and the same is true with the river. The river had different names by different groups of people. And so 
the makers of the map decided to to you know they chose when they put in 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 written word in written format like this is the name of this people and this is the name of of that river well it stuck and they named it you know the power of naming right. um so you go a little we talked a little bit about this earlier you talked about about the the um the any gods or goddesses so within within the um the Celtic tradition, you know, the, the, within the Celtic tradition, rivers and wells are often assigned different goddesses. Mm-hmm. And within that is the goddess Sequana. And she was a very, very significant, um, a significant goddess, particularly to a group of people which were known as the Sequani. So just like we had the Sequani, the Sequani were worshippers of the Sequan of Sequana, the goddess Sequana, and the river Sequana. They were running the same, and so when we see the same sort of um, the same sort of thing is happening with the Susquehannock people and uh, this the the Sus the Susquehanna River, you see the right. same sort of kind of play with the name. And to so- me, there is an. E- we need, to, we need to stop there, Michael. I'm sorry. I have to take these breaks, brother, but I, we're there. I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm five minutes behind this break already. So let's go with it. We'll stop right there with that goddess. At least we got a name to go off of, right? So that's important. Um, this is the fun stuff, right? Like I feel like uh, Indiana Jones or maybe Tom Hanks when in, in that movie Angels and Demons right now trying to figure this stuff out. Uh, yeah. And so does the audience. I can tell in the chat. Uh, we'll even open up for questions too if you want to call in it's 1-800-588-0335 but uh, to get through all this takes up a lot of time so make sure you know what your question is before you call alright we'll be right back Listeners, this is Dave Cruz of Beyond the Strange, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Somewhere between abnormal and paranormal, there's a show called Into the Paranormal. I'm Jeremy Scott. Hear me live Saturdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern on The Fringe FM. You're listening to Lighting the Void Radio. This is Kronox from Belgium, and you're listening to Lying the Void with Joe Roop. I like to listen to Lighting the Void because of the guests, the content, and the host, Joe Roop. He's smart, he's intelligent, and he seems to ask the questions that we all have on our mind. We're all searching for the truth, and Joe helps us get closer to it. I love this show. I love this show. I love this show. Light in the Void. OMG, people are jumping on board to the Life Change Tea Regiment. Brew, steep, and drink for a gentle, taste-great cleanse. It's changing how they feel. See what everybody's talking about. Log on to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. Life Change Tea aids in digestive slowdown and helps people get moving down a healthy path. 
We won't make claims. We'll just let you decide. Experience is much better than a commercial anyway. If you want results, log on to getthetea.com and purchase your super strength cleansing tea. You won't be disappointed. And if you're looking for some mind-body suggestions, go to YouTube and punch in the search bar, Health Matters Now. That's Health Matters Now. Put power into your health now. So, getthetea.com. That's getthetea.com for super strength tea. And YouTube, Health Matters Now. That's Health Matters Now for valuable suggestions. GetTheTea.com, the tea that makes you go. Get the Tea is the number one cleansing tea in America. We cleanse you with organic ingredients, and when used daily, you can increase your energy. Cleanse from intruders that set up camp in your colon. Cleanse your colon and feel the difference. Colon cleanses can be uncomfortable. Not Life Change Tea at GetTheTea.com. Life Change Tea is mild yet truly effective. Cleanse your insides every day. Easy to make, easy to use, and feel the results. Are you sold? Okay, then, here's how to order. Log on to getthetea.com. That's getthetea.com. Look for our specials on the front page. Get the Tea also carries top-rated supplements for those who care about their health, naturally. Again, log on to getthetea.com. That's getthetea.com. And feel the results. And for those of you that arm yourself with information, come to our webinar every other Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific time. That's every other Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific. You can sign up at GetTheTea.com. Every Saturday at midnight here on The Fringe FM, you can join me, Stephen King, the host of The Midnight Hour Show. On my show, we explore paranormal topics with a skeptical view. We search for evidence. We search for proof. We search for the truth. Because who better than me, my friends? A magician. A man trained in the art of deception and misdirection. Who better than me to investigate for you some of the greatest mysteries on planet Earth? And I hope you will join me. Every Saturday night here on the Fringe FM at midnight Eastern Standard Time for the Midnight Hour Show, 9 p.m. Pacific. I want you to join me here every Saturday night at midnight for an incredible journey. Consider yourself invited. Brand new episodes of the Midnight Hour Show, available exclusively every Saturday night here on the Fringe FM. Consider yourself invited. Hey, Fringe FM listeners, did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or no Wi-Fi available, you can still listen to every minute of the Fringe FM by calling 701-719-3971. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. Saves your data plan and no extra cost if you have unlimited minutes. Call 701-719-3971. That's 701-719-3971. Listen to the Fringe FM on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Ahoy there, Gigi here from Shift Happens. Do you like to boogie down to topics such as ufology, the occult, and the mysteries behind our reality? Why well, invite you to join us every Friday night at 7 p.m. Pacific, that's 10 p.m. Eastern, as we like to punch that curiosity button and tickle that fancy. We tickle that fancy 
But yeah, you know, I don't know if that's the right analogy, but there's certainly a lot of tickling going on over here at Ship Happens. This is Al. I listen to Lighting the Void because it's interactive radio with good content, interesting guests, and a humble host. Sharia's journey through the esoteric. Hey, Joe Roop. Thanks for having us along for the ride. Thank you so much. What a delightful evening. Well, I got a lot of ground to cover. number is 1-800-588-0335. If you would like to text, you can text in at 501-777-5631. All right, welcome back to Lighting the Void tonight. Michael Wan is our guest once again, and we're discussing the mystery of the Susquehanna River, alchemy, the mystery schools, Rosicrucianism, what happened uh, on the eastern side of our country, especially in this area, uh, at the beginnings of our country, at the beginnings of the U.S., uh, did a magic ritual take place? Michael seems to think so. Something was invoked. uh, Something was set in place for us in this country. And um, they talk about it quite a bit, too, Michael, just to bring that up real quick, and a lot of Freemasonic books and stuff about how they want to bring the new world in. And I know that shocks like uh, a lot of people because it's new world order stuff. Uh, but I don't, we can get into the ethics in the third hour, but I don't want to stray. I just wanted to recap a little bit. But I had asked you about any gods or goddesses, and you had brought up, uh, I believe it was her name was, uh, was it Sasquana? Was that the Sequana. name of the god? Sasquana. Okay. Sequana. So, so Sequana is, is interesting because the research I did on her and particularly from the Celtic tradition, you know, there's a lot of conflicting sort of stuff. There's like, you know, the, you, not everything lines up, but what I, what I gathered was um, one, we know that Sequana was very significant to the the people of Gaul. That's modern day France. And that's where this, uh, the Sequana River is now known as the Seine River, you know, the river that goes through Paris, the river which, which, which Notre Dame sits upon. Notre Dame literally sits in the Sequana River. Notre Dame is a, is a, is a, symbol towards Mary and Isis and like it's all goddess it's all water goddess worship and once you you see that you see it over and over again and then I also read how Sequana originally was located in in England and she Sequana is the goddess that rules earth and so now we have the Susquehanna and there is a there is a his uh a, a a precedent or, or a historical record which says that that yes, uh, some people called the river which we call the Susquehanna. They called it the Susquehanna. But my sense is um, that 
the invoking of the naming of the river, like officially saying this is the Susquehanna as opposed to something else in this document, was really evoking this Sequana energy. And the question I, I have for myself, I'm not certain, is like, you know, it, does this this goddess Sequano, which seemingly is like the, the goddess of the earth or the name from this particular tradition, you know, is it because she can be on various rivers and it, she just needs to be invoked? Is it like parallel rivers? Is there like some sort of relationship between the Sen and the Susquehanna? And there's a lot of similarities, which would make me think that there's a, that, that there's a resonance there or, Maybe this was always the true location because this is the oldest river and it is like if there was going to be a river which would would be the river that would rule them all, it would have physical markers and you know this the age and, and some of the other attributes, physical attributes to it seem to be fitting of of that type of river. I don't know. But what's also interesting is that um, the word Susquehanna is said to be an Algonquin word. It comes from the Algonquin um, uh, language family. And this is a little bit controversial. And it is the notion that there are a whole bunch of Gaelic words um, in the Algonquin language. Huh. Okay. And so this goes back uh uh there was a um there was a uh um I guess he was a researcher. He he was a a, a maybe a linguist professor at Harvard. His name was Barry Fell and he wrote um a handful of books in the 70s and 80s and he was more or less like, you know, uh uh ridiculed for his, um, at the time, avant-garde theories. But he basically broke down um, uh, both language and then all of these different markings found throughout uh, the United States and basically showed Gaelic languages and uh, Gaelic letters and, and Phoenician letters and all of these indications of, um, of cultures being part of uh, North America, what we're calling North America now, like thousands of years before, uh, you know, Columbus. And that what one of the examples he used in there was the the number of northeastern rivers that have um, that have. Algonquin names, which have very similar sounding Gaelic uh, words that have the same meaning. And he lists like maybe like five or six of uh, examples in his book. And so if that's possible, you know, if that's if that's possible, you know, is because he doesn't mention the Susquehanna or Sequana, he does, definitely doesn't go into anything goddess-oriented in, in his writing, but there seems to be a precedent between like this correlation between, um, between the Algonquin language and the Gaelic language. And if we're, we're willing to go and, and investigate that, well, uh, then the name Susquehanna and Sequana and like the Druidic tradition and, you know, a lot of the guys who were involved in the, in, um, 
in this Rosicrucian, particularly 1600s time frame, also had strong Druidic connections as well. And so, like, yeah, it, it seems to line up. So maybe that was uh, one a, a goddess by name which was invoked. But there are many other goddess names which are also invoked upon the river as well. You know, it's my my opinion that these are uh, all different names of 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 kind of the same sort of of entity, if you will. Yeah, all sort of the same force, right? The same forces. Right. Um, the the whole idea of you know, there's one goddess, but she goes by ten thousand names. Right there, you go. Yeah, and see that to me, I will. I would like to bring up again that in the Western system, if you look at the Kabbalistic Tree of Life, and keep in mind when I say Kabbalistic Tree of Life, there's several ways of looking at that. There's the magical Kabbalah, the meditative path working Kabbalah. There's kosher Jewish Kabbalah. Um, but regardless, you can set up any caste system of gods, Egyptian. Uh, Brahmin, whatever you want, Greek, doesn't matter. And they all have a place on that tree. They all have, uh, that's how it was designed. That's what that tree represents is all these forces. Just like a symbol represents many, many things, but they're all true, if that makes any sense. Yeah, definitely. And so, so back to my question about, and it's a little bit of an ethical question. Do you believe that our forefathers put us as a country, or maybe even as a world, but I'm thinking mostly as a country, in a state of alchemy to get to the new world, so to speak, that they were trying to get to, trying to plan on, plan for? Now, I know you don't have to state this as fact, but just what are your thoughts on that? Um, it certainly seems like, it certainly seems that there were, very, very high aspirations for what was going to have this, this experiment. Oh, so yeah, we had a bit of a sound issue there, but so you're saying it seems like that they invoked these magical forces for the greatest good of humanity, right? Or at least that's what they thought. That's right? what's in the writings. That's what's certainly in the writings. Um, but it's funny when you said that, that's when I had the sound issue, but okay. We're good now though. Okay. We're good. So, so it's in the writings and then you go and, and you look, I mean, it gets this, this is a whole nother topic and it's, 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 I, it's, it's definitely one very, um, deserving of, of, of looking at and it's like you know but we're getting into this like good guy bad guy sort of right mentality it's a, it's a polar and, thing for sure and that's i don't know if you can tell by the tone of my voice like i'm, I'm tiptoeing around it because it's it's i i can i can see all sides you know i can look at it from all these different perspectives but at the end of the at the end of the day, what matters to me is like what is happening right now, like in our life, and then looking at what I think the direction is. And so undoubtedly, um, we're, we're moving towards we're moving towards some sort of uh, uh, major change in life and earth, and it's highly connected to technology, right? Mm -hmm, I mean, that's right. just the, the, any, anyone's going to go and see that. 
And then if you go and you look a little bit um, a little bit deeper, it's kind of like what we're doing with the river, and you just apply that same type of logic looking at at the history and the unfolding of technology, and <laughs> you can begin to see like all of the 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 symbolic signs. And then you can also go and look at the magical aspects of that. And you, you see that there's some some very strong connections. You know, the same characters kind of come into play. And it's my opinion right now that, you know, there is this transition right now being pushed to go from what we think of as homo sapien to robo sapien. And... Yeah, is that the? F- I don't. I don't know how. You know, I don't know how on board I am with that boat, and that is a very difficult thing because here I am talking to you on on the on the Cyborg Express. You know, we're on the internet. You know, I got a laptop. We got wireless, all that sort of stuff. So there's like <clears throat> when I when I say bringing it back to now, it's like, well, where is this going? Do I think this is to bring about the best? Um, is that even beyond me? Was I just born into something? You know, so that's why, like, you know, these are all the these ethical, philosophical questions, which I think each individual needs to come to to themselves. Like another person, <coughs> I don't think should should say this is what's happening and this is what you need to do. My personal opinion is, though, <coughs> the. Uh, the technology bandwagon or, or movement <clears throat> has been um, uh, m- most people have been bamboozled by it. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Right. Yeah. And, and when I see bamboozling, when you talked about morals and or the ethical question, like I don't think that's ever been ethical. I don't think that's an ethical way. And so um, maybe at some point something we're undoubtedly changing, and we can bring it back to many of the these founding fathers. And so there's lots of talk about you know how the the plan has been hijacked or like oh this has always been part of the plan. I don't know. All I know is this is what we are right now. This is what people wrote. This is what I can see is being written right now. And this is what I can see is actually happening with my own eyes. Well, from what I've, what I've seen uh, with certain folks is that there definitely is, uh, when it comes to organizations like Freemasons, some of the Rosicrucian organization nowadays, that there definitely is a fight going on inside these organizations for 
freedom of humanity, and especially when it comes to this country, uh, there's a lot of belief that Crowley, um, Alistair Crowley, invoked something that changed everything back around the late 1800s. And, I mean, mm-hmm. it's clear if you look at uh, a map of technological progression that that time when he went to Egypt and invoked that being and right meant remember he called himself the beast 666 which is you know in court he told him that it's the number of the sun you can call me little sunshine right which is fine and dandy for him to recognize the powers on the tree of life but he channeled a being through his wife rose and the pyramids and a lot of people think and i mean really look at a graph of this so you can see what i'm talking about it's almost flat for years and years and then technological progression just kind of jumped up there's also him drawing aliens and all this stuff. So one could put together in their mind that now we've got a real battle for humanity going on. I'm not saying that it's not true at all, but I would like to get our facts together. And secondly, if if you are the founding fathers, and this is where I, I wanted to ask you what your thoughts on this were, Michael. If you're the founding fathers of a country, you're the ones birthing the countries, you're the one raising it, just like a child, right? Um, are you all right? I hear like car crashes going on and stuff. Are you okay? Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Yes. Oh, it's okay. So if you're raising a child, don't you do things um, that you feel would be better for the future of that child? Sometimes uh, parents manipulate their children. Sometimes they do things to control them, to protect them. Is it really bad? That's another question we have to ask ourselves, too, and I'm not suggesting it's good, but to assume that everything is um, bad all the time or a great conspiracy to be mind-controlled is is bad, too, if you ask me, because some of these forces in the universe are just there. They're there. You can't do anything Uh about them. The, yes, and and this uh, this kind of goes into I think uh, um, one of the first questions when we started this this conversation this evening was you know is this dangerous <clears throat> and and we didn't really define dangerous but part of the danger and 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 I and I said yes but but part of the danger in my opinion is is this like when you begin to really like look at what's happening. Um, it, it can become very easy to fall into a whole bunch of different traps. And I've certainly fallen into all of them at some point, you know, I'll fall into some more, but like, you know, to see something one way and to really like to, to, to buy into one particular narrative. And the truth of the matter is like, we don't know, mm-hmm. right? Like we don't even know what this, you know, when I say this, I mean, life is. So, um, I am, I am, I'm very optimistic, uh, particularly like when you were talking about like, you know, they're, you know, parents sometimes know more than, um, than, uh, their, their children and they do things because they know more and they bring their children along in a certain, a certain direction. And <clears throat> that is, that's, my the optimist my optimistic side definitely wants to subscribe to that yeah everybody talks about it that's what we complain about that's what all the arguments are on youtube uh, about gender gender equality that's part of it then you've got technolo- technology versus humanity with jaron lanier and all these other people so we're all 
we are in a state of alchemy. The biggest arguments that are going on now are the the hermetic forces, you know, gender, polarity, uh, vibrations, like ebb and flow. That's what we're having these arguments trying to figure out what's going on. It does feel like that we have been put in a, a forced alchemical state, which that's what alchemy is, really, is that you get out of the cycle of uh, birth and rebirth, forgetting, you keep forgetting, and all of a sudden you decide, okay, I'm going to put myself in this laboratory and wake up. And I may do it in one lifetime or a certain amount of years or whatever so I can get off that, that wheel, that ad nauseum wheel of forgetting. And so if you use those forces on a society, though, I don't know because I, I kind of take the stance as well that sometimes it's best to let things grow naturally. And at the end of the day, we're all going to die individually. So I don't know. Those are some big ethical questions I have on my mind a lot, you know. So definitely. And, and there are two things which, which, I would, um, which I would point out. So the first one would be, um, you know, what's going on with Jeffrey Epstein. Right. And it is – it's always been, you know, in the in the backdrop of of conspiracy circles of of you know blood sacrifice and adrenochrome and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And now it appears, you know, when you if you, I don't know if you've how much you've looked at like you know the the island which 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 he had, you know it 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 appears like. It's got some very ritualistic aspects to it, and it it seems to suggest like this is you know this is real real like you know everything which you've you've thought was real here's your proof, and then like the the whole um, quagmire of his death you know underlines it and highlights it. This coming you know two weeks after the 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 release of the FBI document which says that that believing in conspiracy theories is you know akin to uh, uh, being a domestic terrorist so it's like you know this cognitive dissonance is being evoked within the 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 mass mind um, and so that tends to make me think like you know are these the people who are, is, is this, is this the way it's done? You know, there, that, that raises some, some, it makes the ethical question a little bit, um, stickier, I suppose. But then the, the, the second point, um, I wanted to make was, um, we're, we are undoubtedly we're, 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 we're undoubtedly changing um, and being driven towards this this technology type lifestyle and nothing good seems to come out of it. I mean there's some good things that come out of it, but even the good stuff comes with with collateral damage, you know being able to go and communicate with you the way we are, which, you know, that's, that's a benefit, you know, the fact that we can have this conversation, but just the very nature of 
you know, whether you want to look at it as the electromagnetic smog, which is caused by by the wireless technology or what ha- the slave labor, which is required to make our toys to <laughs> the, you know, the 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 process to extract the rare the rare materials which are required to make these devices, you know, that's that's out of harmony. Um and and you talked about like you know let things grow the uh um the the permaculture model is is to me like an uh, a model of both like metaphorically and literally of how we can still have an influence on the environment yet at the same time be in harmony with the natural cycles Right. And so I think there is a way that that you can direct forces, but do so in a way which is in harmony. And a lot of the things which were being directed towards, everything seems to be at some level out of harmony. Right. It sure does. Yeah. It doesn't seem um, what I would call conducive to the natural natural human spirit. It sure doesn't seem that way. Uh, to me listen we've got to take another break here if you get your questions in you can call 1-800-588-0335 there's also you can call 501-424-5130 if you got any questions about michael his research or any uh anything about the website he'll be happy to answer we'll be right back with michael one to call Joe, pick up the phone now, 1-800-588-0335, toll-free from the United States or Canada. When I'm done running with the wolves after hunting down a half-ton bison, I look forward to a mind-teetering escapade evening on The Fringe FM. Is out there. There's something out here. And so are we. KTOK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Listen, I want to tell you about GI Joy from GetTheTea.com. It's the best alchemical concoction of goodies for your stomach and digestive system I can recommend, and that's all based on my experience. Packed with colostrum, acidophilus, aloe, peppermint, and turmeric. If you do your own research, then you know this is the bee's knees for the stomach and digestion. Now, due to Big Brother's ears and the eye in the sky, you know I can't go into the details about what it helped me with. All I can say is, I got relief. It's non-GMO, no fillers, no preservatives, manufactured right here in the U.S. of A., and delivered to you by the only people who stay on top of the game and are out in front. Go grab a bottle of G.I. Joy at GetTheTea.com and see what all the fuss is about. Again, that's GetTheTea.com. Hey, is that a new music app? Yeah, check it out. Surfer Music Discovery. It links to thousands of online stations, but the twist is you see the song names and artists that are now playing live. That's different. No guessing. Looks like a waterfall of music. So many formats. Rock, oldies, country, R&B, jazz, and a whole lot more. How's that spelled? Surfer. S-U-R-F-R. Is it expensive? It's free. No need to sign up or sign in. Get the Surfer Music app free from Google Play or the App Store. 
Lighting the Void is proud to announce Mind and Magic's Protection and Defense Course for protection from magical and psychic attacks. This is not a joke. Magic practitioners are on the rise, and with that comes attacks from baneful or black magicians that try to harm or hurt others for their own selfish reasons. If you are not a believer in psychic attacks, then this isn't for you. If you are, and you want the power to defend yourself and your family and home, then I highly suggest you grab Freighter Xavier's Protection and Defense Course. In this course, you will learn how to tell if you are under attack from a natural source or if an individual is attacking you. The four forms of curses and attacks. How to remove self-imposed curses. The correct way to cleanse your home from negativity or malevolent entities. How to make your own holy water. What you should always keep near or under your bed. Herbs that banish negativity and promote purity. The most powerful banishing rituals on the planet. And for those that seem to want to harm you the most, how to put your enemies in a hell pit of their own making. You can also learn protection against shadow people and other entities. Or are you just in a bad planetary alignment? Even how to get rid of an enemy using a tic-tac box. It does not matter what your faith or belief is, this will work. Click the banner on the website at lightingthevoid.com or go to lightingthevoid.com forward slash Xavier. The Fringe FM isn't just a radio station. We also provide services for all your audio production needs. If you are interested in live radio or pre-recorded podcasts, we're here to help. We even do audio enhancements and voiceovers if needed. If you want to do a podcast or live radio show and even want the option to syndicate on terrestrial radio from simple audio file enhancement to live production and call screening, we have you covered. We have worked with some of the best professionals in the business in order to provide coaching instruction for content creation, show structure, and more. Contact The Fringe Digital Media for more at info at thefringe.fm. That's info at thefringe.fm. Or call 501-777-5631 for a consultation. Ew, yuck. They're unhealthy and gross. Bugs, I hate bugs. We keep a clean home, but occasionally bugs show up. Well, I found something that is tougher than bugs. Orange Guard. From contact, it kills bugs. Plus, Orange Guard kills hidden bugs and keeps new bugs away for weeks. I know. I use Orange Guard. Plus, all of the ingredients of Orange Guard are on the FDA generally regarded as safe list. Orange Guard may be used around food, humans, and pets. It promotes a healthier planet. And here's a bonus. Orange Guard cleans where it's sprayed. Plus, it comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Orange Guard. You can get Orange Guard at Ace Hardware. And listen, folks, Orange Guard is tougher than bugs, and it's safe to use. Go to OrangeGuard.com. That's OrangeGuard.com. You're listening to Lighting the Void. The call-in number is 1-800-588-0335. If you would like to text... You can text in at 501-777-5631. Michael Wan is our guest tonight. Fantastic, fantastic broadcast. Just like I thought it would be tomorrow night, Greg Doyle is coming back to discuss more about traveling the astral realm and breaking out of body. So don't forget... Same time, same channel, 9 p.m. Pacific to midnight, right here live on the Fringe FM. Um, 
Michael, I, I want to kind of go back here a little bit because I know we I'm glad that we discussed the ethical part of this just a little just to just to get that in people's minds because I um, I get the the feeling that when we talk about uh, the new world order, right, that they they are tapping into forces that are forcing situations. I, I think it makes people feel like something's happening behind the scenes that they cannot control. And I believe now it's quite the opposite. And so I'm kind of, I was raised Christian. And so I always believe that what is hidden will be revealed. And that is like the story of your life, man. You know, th- that you're telling me about that there are hidden things that became revealed to you. And the, and the further you dug, the more that was revealed to you. And I I would think that that is still happening today, is it not? Uh, certainly, certainly, and uh, it seems to be um, happening at a at a, a quickening pace. I mean, I don't think that's just me. I think that that's what's happening right now. I mean, uh, we told my story, but I think anyone, everyone, relative to their own trajectory, is going through that right now. Yes, yes, and I think that because that's happening, um, that others that others don't have to be a victim anymore. Like if they just learn this information, if they learn about where the Western mystery systems come from, then they can learn all the forces that are behind them. Like we mentioned, the Kabbalah, you know, the planets and the gods, stuff like that. The numbers that they used. It's all there to learn, but what if we applied this in our lives? Would that really change things? And I can tell you from my experience that it definitely does. It changes things on a very big level, Um, and you can live life the way you want to, but it doesn't mean that you're not going to deal with problems, that you're not going to have hardships. I think people get confused. Because they always ask me, Michael, well, all these so-called occultists and magicians and all these folks, why did they have such hard lives? How come they're not super rich and yada, yada? Well, it's not about that to a lot of these people. A lot of these people are doing these practices for ascension. Um, You know what I mean? The whole alchemical idea of self-understanding. I, 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 I agree. And it's, 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 my opinion, it is. It seems like we are at a um, we're at an interesting time uh, right now, where there's all sorts of shifting going on, and when that's happening, there's there's lots and lots of opportunity uh, for a lot of different outcomes. You know, I don't know how the world. I don't know how the universe works. I, I certainly have some thoughts and those thoughts change quite frequently. But what is clear is that so much is changing so fast, like the, how life has changed in the last five years, like more change has happened in the last five years than like, let's say a five year period 20 years ago or four. And it, it seems to be speeding up. We're moving towards something. And 
it is evident that there's, uh, you know, I talked a little bit about the, the technology, you know, that's, that definitely has my personal concern and, and specifically like, you know, the coming of, of 5G, but there also seems to be paralleled things happening, uh, as well. And when you talk about like becoming more aware and more, um, more, more conscious of the control of your life that you can, you can put your, your energy towards like now's the time where, where like stuff, like big stuff seems to be happening. You know, I don't know exactly what big stuff means, but, but like, you know, so much is changing. Mm -hmm. Right. And what, and, and let me, can I give you an example yeah, of sure. like you know, what I'm talking about? So, um, uh, and, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tie this into, to maybe a, a, a bigger story. So, um, in May of this year, I went out to, to Ashland, Oregon, and I was, uh, I was doing some presentations out there and a whole bunch of, of, really undeniable, um, you know, signposts showed themselves like in, in my life, uh, specifically, but then also how that tied into like something a little bit bigger. Um, <clears throat> and I live my life, you know, by, by signposts, like, you know, not, I, I don't, I don't give up my, my, my ability to choose or to be proactive. But like, when I see something, like I pay enough attention to the details, I'm like, okay, I should pay more attention now because, you know, there's, there's a, there, there's something giving me a big exclamation mark. And what eventually happened when I was out there, I was out there for, um, as I said, the, like the Susquehanna alchemy stuff. I just so happened to have a friend who is from the Baltimore area who just so happened to be in the same town at the same time. Um, and he has a, uh, he has a legal, um, cannabis farm in, in this part of Oregon. And, we were hanging out a bunch. And so I went to a couple of, of his business meetings, just like kind of tag along and I was seeing what was going on. It was real fascinating sort of stuff. So when I returned back from this trip, when I was out there, there were all of these signs and all connected to like horse racing and like the Preakness and, 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 and even the Susquehanna river. And when I come back, there was like this, this, uh, very, very clear indication that there was a link that occurred from out, out in Oregon to specifically right here in, um, in, in Pennsylvania, where I live in Marietta, Pennsylvania, and had to do with like a tornado that happened. And so that was kind of like in the back of my mind, like, I, was like, I don't know what this means, but I'm seeing all this. And I documented this in a, and what I thought were a, a series of real interesting, um, Instagram posts. So fast forward, um, Fast forward to to where we are now, and I'm working with a friend of mine who who has this this business called uh, Susquehanna Sustainability, and it's real interesting sort of stuff. And he's a he's a permaculturist as well, and so I, I made reference to permaculture. I know a lot of it through my friend Ben, and he put me in touch with. Um, 
with a friend of his who owns, I think it's the only organic hemp farm in Pennsylvania. And hemp is interesting. So, so hemp is more or less, you know, it's, it's the cannabis plant with, without the, the, the psycho, psychoactive, um, uh, abilities. It doesn't have THC in it. And in Pennsylvania, this is the first year that, that, that legal hemp is, has been, can be grown. And, and I hear from your sponsors, your CBD sponsors, hemp is where we get CBD oil and all this sort of stuff. And hemp has such this amazing sort of, um, uh, uh, relationship with humanity in, in a lot of different ways, hemp and, and cannabis do. And so my friend puts me in connection with, with this farm and it's two miles from where I live. And they're about to have uh, uh, their first harvest. And it's this whole industry which is unfolding for the first time legally uh, here in Pennsylvania. But I live in Hempfield Town, adjacent to Hempfield Township. Like literally this place is named after hemp. If you know the history of, of the United States and, and, and how, the, how people went west, they went west in covered wagons. They went west in Conestoga wagons, and Conestoga wagons were born right here. The Conestogas were another name for the Susquehannocks, and those wagons were made here, and they were used, uh, and the cover was the hemp that was grown here. So the point I'm trying to make is like there's a historical significance of all of these types of of um of 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 products and particularly hemp in this location so my friend ben puts me in connection with this this uh hemp farm which is opening up which is or they're about to have their harvest which is very very labor intensive and uh he was like uh, can you help him out i'm like yeah definitely this sounds interesting to me so i get involved i have no experience in this this isn't necessarily my background but you know i i'm uh, i'm unfolding this and i i'm recognizing the the historical significance and the point of all this and where i'm leading to with this story is what what's happened is this this hemp farm they um their original plan was to to turn all of their the the plants into a very very high quality um cbd oil which is then used in by different manufacturers as they make their 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 products but they were working with this consultant and this consultant has works with hemp farms and legal cannabis farms across the the globe. He travels all around and he gets set up. He's a, he's a, he's an expert. And when he came and he saw the, the crop, he completely stopped in his tracks and he's like, this is by far top five best I have ever seen in terms of, you know, whatever it is that, that he looks for in terms of these, this, this, this product. And he's like, okay. you guys got to change your, what, what you're doing immediately because this, this flower that you're growing is so amazing. You gotta, you gotta go and harvest this. So that's what, why, why, why they had to get, um, like all of these people such as myself involved. But the point I'm trying to make is that this seems to be this connection, which I made reference to, like, you know, between 
this area of Ashland or of Southern Oregon, which is really the one of the epicenters in the in the the cannabis growing world, like I saw this link, and then to see actually the the very first crop like this this harvest is like on the cutting edge like before anyone else harvests they they plant it a little bit earlier and we can see the quality of this plant uh which is being grown um come into fruition and the reason why i think that's so significant because i made this reference earlier about this this transition from homo sapien to robo sapien you know as we we're becoming these these more these technology uh 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 species or at least that potential that is really laid out there hemp and cannabis are a human about as human of a thing as you can of of a product as you can imagine not just in the ways that that it works within the human body and within the 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 natural systems within the body but it's a product which can only be harvested by hand like there are some machines that can do it but they don't quite do it everything about it is a human type endeavor and looking at the economy which is being uh which is growing out of it the economics the industry and as we're seeing like you know so much of 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 jobs disappearing and becoming uh uh automated or everything becoming like these very very um, uh, low skilled, you know, the, the, the gap between high skill and low yeah, skill it's either is, high tech or very low skilled now for sure. And, and we're seeing this new industry grow, uh, or at least come online right now. And, and to me, that's, that's like a sign. I was looking for a sign and I was looking for this connection. I didn't know I, to me, I was looking, I was thinking mostly as it related to, to water, but then to see like firsthand in my own life, how this is connected. And then how, in my opinion, how, how positive, how humanly positive, like no matter how you want to look at, at hemp, like, you know, it cleans the soil, the product, you know, all of the industrial potentials of what it can do yeah. is, is so much better. Like, you know, to see that happen to me, that is a, a real world tangible sign of the different changes that are also happening, uh, at the same time as everything that we're seeing with, you know, 5g or, or with, right. with, so you're seeing the, the you're seeing the, the poles, you're seeing the two I'm different seeing the poles, right? I'm exactly. experiencing the poles. Yeah, that is, that's <laughs> happening to all. I mean, that happens to us individually. I know it's like a very deep subject, right? But that's happening to us individually and it's happening to us as a society. And so, um, I would like to wake more people up to honestly, to, to this stuff, to the occult powers that were used when this country was born, that were used before that, that have been used since the beginning of time. Uh, and just to leave, not to force people to use it. I'm not trying to create a bunch of, ceremonial magicians on this show but what i'm trying to get people to understand is that if they can if they understand alchemy from a hermetic level and even these guys their leaders 
you know, you brought up Stavish earlier from the uh, Institute of Remedics. He was on here. <clears throat> Some of the leaders of these Rosicrucian organizations today don't agree on what the Philosopher's Stone is. They don't agree on on alchemy or what it really is. So they're still at a high level trying to discover what this really is. And that is where I say that I do fear things a little bit because if we set up forces, I'm hoping if we set up forces to bring in a new world, that's supposed to be good. Right. And these energies are now playing at each other on a lot of different levels. Then I hope that whoever set those forces up really did understand what the philosopher's stone really was. That's all I'm saying. I know that's a deep and really esoteric and wild out there statement to some people, but I hope you get what I'm saying. Definitely. I hear what you're saying. So we got to kind of trust it in a way, I think. Well, I, yes, yes, yes. Um, I, I would agree with that. And I also think uh, you made the point, you said the, the, the line before about, um, you know, I don't want everyone to become a bunch of ceremonial magicians. I mean, I, right. uh, I consider myself a very magical guy, but I'm certainly no ceremonial magician. Like that's not like, my approach. Like the whole thing is, is, is the ceremony, the whole thing being life. But there are there's a there's a researcher who who I find fascinating. This guy's the best. His name is Ross Ben, and he is very very knowledgeable and very skilled at at recognizing how um, energies have been altered in the building of cities, particularly through the use of statues and public artworks and stuff very like cool. that. And he, and he can under he understands it from a lot of different levels. And he put, I, I was listening to an interview with him uh, recently and, and he made this point and, and I agree with it. He's like, there's something very powerful that happens when, when people become aware that these rituals are happening behind the scenes because it demagnetizes a lot of like the, the, the more secret, maybe more um, uh, controlling uh, aspects of it. More yeah. controlling, yes. And when you become aware of the potential, like I, 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 I joke about like, I don't know the, I haven't been given the book of, of the rule book of how it all works. And I think we're kind of figuring it out. And your example with, with their arguments of, of what the philosopher's stone even is, is, is testament to the fact that we don't know. It is a mystery, uh, all of it, you know, however you want to describe life. And part of this, this period right now, this change, this revealing is like we're fit, we're learning more and more stuff. And as we begin to, to incorporate, uh, uh, greater awareness, but then also a greater connection into this flow and the trust of this flow, you know, that's when my sense would be the, when we talk about like this very optimistic sort of viewpoint of what the founding fathers had in mind in terms of creating this, this, uh, uh, new Atlantis to use their terminology, Mm -hmm. you know, that's where it could come in. Yeah, th- yeah, I am so with you on that. I want, I don't, I just want us to think about it. That's all. 
you know, think about, yeah. just think about it, learning about some of this stuff. Um, because oh, look, I've got shows, we got shows on this network that will tell you that, you know, they 100% believe that there are bad things going on, that there's a controlling force, uh, going on like a dark cabal, so to speak, you know, um, I don't know that if it, that if that's true or not. I I like I'm like you. I like evidence and stuff, right? I like to see those type of things for real, and not just put stuff together. But I do, as I look into this, I do feel like whatever it was that the forefathers set up for us, uh, that they wanted the New Atlantis that they talk about, mainly P. Hall's books and all of them. I feel like it's definitely being threatened, for sure. Um, and that it is coming to a head. I mean, you're you're just saying a lot of the stuff I feel, and uh, saying it in a lot better way. Now, and well, they've always called this an experiment, right? Yeah. And so, like, there is a little bit like, what's going to happen? I mean, I <clears throat> I like to look at there, there are two symbols which really jump out in in my mind <clears throat> as it rela- looking back at the 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 very beginnings of 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 the whole colony scene and that is virginia dare the story of virginia dare and then um the significance of of thoroughbreds and horse racing um because they they both kind of evoke the same sort of quality um these magicians wanted to plant this land with a certain stock of people and what they were looking for were thoroughbreds. And what a thoroughbred is, is a hot-blooded horse. And they're very, very temperamental. And they're very like, but they're, they're, um, they're, they're fast and they're bold. And that's what the, the, the whole thing of Virginia Dare is about. Do you, know, do you know who Virginia Dare is, historically speaking? No, no not off the top of my head, no. So, so how the what we're told how history goes is um, the first attempt of the English to establish a colony in the New World was the colony of Roanoke, and so it's also known mm. as the Lost Colony of Roanoke. And okay. supposedly, what happened was like they all disappeared, and no one knew what happened. There's all sorts of like interesting sort of things, and the Virginia Dare was said to have been born on the colony of Roanoke. And she was the first English child born in the new world. So now we're getting into like symbolism and symbolism. Now we're working with like magic and now we're working with other stuff. So Virginia dare as being the first, the first born in, in, in the new world is really kind of symbolic of, of what, they were trying to evoke and oh, okay. it's, it's it's my it's my impression this is going to sound a little dark you know but it's my it's my it's my take that that the lost colony was a um ritualistic sacrifice okay so you know? i want to pick up after the, after that after the break if you want to call in it's 1-800-588-0335 that is very interesting what you just said there um Looks like we got a couple of callers already waiting to ask their questions. That's good. We'll be right back with Michael Wan.
enjoy it because it's interactive radio with good content, interesting guests, and a humble host. Shari's journey through the esoteric. Hey, Joe Roop. Thanks for having us along for the ride. Thank you so much. What a delight, believe me. Well, I got a lot of ground to cover. In your face, all over the place. We're online 24-7. 24-7. You're listening to the hottest internet station. All right, everyone. This is Justin from the UK. Excuse the chitty chitty. If you're into the fringe and you want to hear the brass tacks, me old China plate, Joe Roop, and his guests on Light in the Voyage will open your mince pies. You need to shut your north and south and use your 10-speed gears and listen to them bubble. You could hear a Barry Crocker, no Brussels, but he ain't no holy friar. Anyway, you beat a Barnaby Rudge and take a butcher's. Do you want to know the truth? Are UFOs real? Are aliens visiting Earth? Are governments around the world hiding the biggest secret in history? We're UFO Seekers, official partner of The Fringe FM, and we're on a hunt for the truth. Join us as we investigate locations like Area 51 by subscribing on YouTube at youtube.com slash UFO Seekers. We all have that story to tell in our lives. The winds were howling. The ground shook. You could hear rushing water. And then history repeats itself. When there's no power, refrigeration fails. Stores with their shelves stripped bare. ATMs can't operate. Deliveries stop. Then what? These events can last days or weeks. You need to plan. In statements made during recent interviews, FEMA Administrator Brock Long has repeatedly urged all Americans to understand three truths. FEMA is broke. The system is broken. If this is the new normal, Americans can't rely on federal cavalry when disaster strikes. Don't get caught out in the elements empty-handed. Prepare with us by going to preparewiththefriends.com and get your two-week food supply, 92 servings, eight food varieties with 25-year shelf life, normally $137, now only $75. Or get a month's supply, normally $247, now only $147 shipped in one business day. Just go to preparewiththefriends.com or call 888-440-7931. That's 888-440-7931. Get this great offer and be prepared while it lasts. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Hey, Google, I would like to become more intelligent about the unknown world around us. But I don't have time to read or go to school because I work all the time. What do you recommend? Try listening to Lighting the Void. It's the best way to become more intelligent about the unknown world around us. Besides, I happen to think Joe Roop is the most handsome voice in radio. Listen Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. till midnight Pacific time on The Fringe FM. Plus, you will hear a bonus feature called The Stranger Than Fiction News, reported by Vance Nesbitt, news anchor and sorcerer. With all this information in one location, you are guaranteed to be more attractive to others in your social circle because you'll beam with intellectual wisdom. Oh, I think I'll try that. All right, man, this is Crow Triple Seven, and you are listening to The Fringe FM. 
Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. If you are interested in occult subjects, psychic abilities, symbols, tarot, witchcraft, magic, or anything similarly related, my book Occult Arcana will provide you with a truly objective overview of these topics and more. Written in anything but modern language, Occult Arcana was compiled to help researchers balance their quest for a better understanding of the meanings of and in such studies. Occult Arcana is available in softcover and digital form from www.thesecretteachings.info. All copies can also be autographed if requested. That's Occult Arcana from www.thesecretteachings.info. You're listening to Lighting the Void Radio. Welcome back to Lighting the Void. I'm your host, Joe Roop. Tonight, our guest, Michael Wan, SusquehannaAlchemy.com is the website. If you want the links, they're there in the Fringe FM chat. And uh, you guys, don't forget the Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable is coming up next. If you want to call in, it's 1-800-588-0335. Every night, we do this five nights a week, Lighting the Void, then the Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. And plus, we got some really good shows that come on before the late night as well. And uh, we are taking your calls, too. If you have a question for Michael, looks like the first person is 978, area code. Who are we speaking with? Derek Murphy from Massachusetts. Derek, hey, Michael. Okay. What's Derek, your question? how are you, my friend? I'm pretty good. How are you? How are you? Really great show tonight. Um, uh, it's good to hear your voice. Uh, I'm just, I'll, just, just be real quick. Um, oh, and Joe, I'm the uh, Night Stalker in the uh, Discord chat. Oh, cool. Very cool. Um, nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you. Um, oh, this is really quick, but uh, awesome interview. Really great stuff. And it's very impressive how you can condense like hours and hours. Like this, this really would, you said earlier, take 10 hours to try to explain all of it. And you're doing a nice job of like, like condensing it down to a way where somebody who has no familiarity with it can understand it. And it's been really interesting to hear. Um, but real quick, uh, did you did you see on August thirty first that there was a mysterious like uh, rumblings or booms uh, on the uh, Susquehanna and uh, on August thirty first? You said, yeah. I'll uh, post a link in the in the chat if I hang up. But um, the article said that there were definitely no earthquakes. That the fire department went down, and checked all the gas lines. There was no explosions. But there was like multiple uh, multiple reports of shakings, and then like. One week later, or like less than a week later, the same thing happened in uh, New York. And I just think that's, that's interesting. Cause, like, people are hearing these shakings all over the place, and the idea that maybe it could be tied with these rituals. Like in uh, Lovecraft mythology, um, in the Dunwich Horror, they do, uh, like the main character does these rituals at, at uh, America's Stonehenge, and yeah. um, it causes it's like, these fires in the sky, and then these shaking and rumblings like in the ground, and that's how he's like figured out. So I wonder if like there's some kind of Susquehanna rituals that you're talking about could be causing these rumblings, or obviously there could be something going on underground or something. But I just figured I'd throw that out because it's in the it's in your area. So, uh, well, well, first of all, uh, 
I, I appreciate the, uh, um, the kindness, Derek. You know, you always got nice things to say. I saw I the, the stories. I saw, I saw the headlines, but I did not go that deep. But they're, they're, you're right. They're very close to right here. Um, my initial thought was when I saw that, that was just like fracking sort of stuff. Um, mm. But I don't know. It's strange. The, uh, you know, the big it, conspiracy that people would like, like the, the thing people jump to first is like uh, underground bases and stuff. Kind of that's kind of the first conspiracy that people go to. But I've been tying, trying to tie like the ritualism and like the ritual sacrifices or any any of this kind of stuff to these mysterious shakes that people are hearing like all over the place. Well, what, do you, what, that, what like, would cause? I mean, can you explain what do you mean? Just like quickly, in, um, what do you mean? What? Well, like, how would a ritual quickly, cause yeah. that? In Lovecraft mythology, um, the guy was um, doing cattle mutilations in the stone circles of, like, an America's Stonehenge facsimile. Okay. So basically just, like, a, a sacred site, which would be the 40th parallel on, on uh, Susquehanna. He does cattle mutilations, and then it causes, like, fire to, like, spew from the ground and, like, light up the sky, and then the whole earth rumbles, and the, the town figures out what he's doing based on those rumblings. And that kind of was the first. And then with all these rumblings people are hearing all over the country and the world. Because uh, I was getting into uh, Lovecraft recently. And I just thought that that could, be, that could be one possibility, especially with all the ritualism involved in just yeah, Susquehanna. It, was, it uh, kind of blew my mind that that's where the rumblings were, you know? Well, it could be. But uh, I'll let you go, though. You, I, I, I know you have more calls, but I just wanted to say really great show. Yeah, thanks for, <clears throat> thanks for your call, Derek. I really appreciate it. Yeah, see, and that's the thing, man. Like, when you... Uh, when you know this stuff, it kind of does allow you to look at things a different way too. So yeah, interesting. Yeah. It, it, uh, the, the rumblings are unusual. That is definitely certain. And it's, uh, that would be an interesting, uh, um, that would be an interesting, uh, uh, find to see if we could link that into something. The 31st, uh, I'm going to look deeper into that. I mean, it is right by, it's probably, I don't know, like I'm looking at a map right now, 20 miles from where I'm sitting right now is where the epicenter was said to be. So, yeah, it's very, uh, it's very close. Well, I wanted to ask you, too, about a couple of things that you do that I didn't get to ask you. And I don't know how comfortable you are with talking about it, but I, it is so intriguing to me. The starboard astrology. Um, I know you mentioned that uh, briefly to me, but I honestly have seen a lot of things when it comes to astrology and divination, but this is something I've never seen before. What is this? Is this an ancient <laughs> form of astrology, or is this something that you put together? Um, um, <laughs> well, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. All right. So... <laughs> <coughs> I think it, it's cool. I definitely recognize the symbolism for sure. And oh, it's, the elements it's so, and everything. So five years ago, I built this thing called the starboard and it's, it's like a, it's, it's the world's greatest, um, board game, if you will. 
and I took immense care. Like I, I create a lot of stuff. I'm, uh, I, I make a lot of art and this would be one more piece. And it's, it's, I could spend probably an hour telling you about like everything from like the ratios that were put into it and the colors and the materials of the sand and like obviously all the astrological symbols. But at the end of the day, what it is, is a, uh, um, it's a representation of the Zodiac and the Zodiac is a representation of the heavens. And I use it as a way, there, there are two levels. So I will, I have stones which represent the different planets and I'll just build a natal charter. I'll build a particular moment uh, in time as it represented by the placement of the heavenly bodies. And I build that on, on the starboard and I'll give an astrological reading like as I go, like, you know, this is the sun and this is located here and this is what it means and this is Mercury and this is how they're related and this is and – I, and, and I do that. And what's nice about the starboard um, is astrology goes from being very, very like abstract, like unless you are very knowledgeable in astrology, like it's confusing. Like, you know, how did you come to that conclusion? You you want to understand it. Like we're saying before, you want to know it. It, it allows it, it gives you more, more power. So the starboard has that like in terms of it's an amazing it's an amazing supplement to an astrological reading because you can see everything, how the planets relate to one another. And it goes from this just being like this nebulous idea of astrology to, okay, now I get it. But then on, on the deeper level, and, and I know you're going to like this on more of the energy level, it becomes a surrogate of the individual. And so because each of these stones is so charged just by the fact that I'm always using the same stone, the same crystal as the sun, and this is always the moon, and this is, is Mercury. And this board is, you know, it's very magical, like just in terms of like the intention put into it, the, the fact that it's all built upon the golden ratio, the fact that I only build it um, in the same alignment, like it's always the same side is always facing east and so forth, that it forms a very, very strong energetic connection with what the arrangement or the alignment of the heavens represents. So like, you know, your, 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 your natal chart as it's replicated upon the board, there's, there's a sympathy with it. And so I like to think of it as opening up a portal, um, and as we're talking about it, as we're looking at, at, at one's, one's chart, in the same way we talked about how things become demagnetized because you see it, when you begin to understand yourself from that deeper level and, and both in terms of this is your personal relationship with the known macrocosm, that's what I'll call the, 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 the solar system, um, and what these placements imply or what they represent, then there becomes this, this kind of like settling into it and, and things become less like, you know, in the shadow and a little bit more, more in the, in the, the central focus. And then it becomes more, you have more understanding of it, more acceptance of yourself. So it becomes this very powerful tool 
And then at the end, we we build this stone mandala. I mean, I say we, I, I do them by myself. I record them and then I send people the files. Um, and it concludes by filling in all of the empty space between the different planetary stones until oh. there's the stone mandala. And so this represents, you know, an integration and it represents an acceptance and it represents like all of these different things. But but at the end of the day, it's an honoring of the individual and their relationship with the greater. Wow. Yeah. And Night Stalker said in the chat, too, that he knows some friends that have gotten a, a reading from you on that and that it was awesome. So you see, this is this stuff is so cool to me. Right. Because, look, everybody knows that I, that I've looked into Israel Regardi. You had mentioned that to me in the break that you know who he is. You've read his stuff. Right. So um, when you go when you go through this stuff. And I'm, I don't know if you have or not, but I kind of have. When you go through this stuff, it's almost like they're prepping you to become a magician, so to speak. And these magicians, you can create your own magical systems. You can create your own divinatory tools. Hell, that's why they created their own tarot back then. Uh, once you really understand like these cosmic truths, these forces that happen, you can tap into them and create anything like i mean come on man how much has this stuff changed your life honestly uh yes to, to <laughs> both of those questions um yeah. i that's that's been completely my experience and and i teach that too i mean uh, the reason why two things so i learned astrology making this starboard like i mean i'd studied astrology for some time like i was familiar with it but something happens when you make something yourself, when it gets in your nervous system and, and particularly, the, you know, the more you bring to it, it doesn't matter like what it, what the medium is. It's the intention and the energy and the time. And then, yes, you become aligned with it. At the end of the day, like I'm not an astrologist. I'm a reader. Like right. I can read anything. Like that's just how my brain works. That's, you know, I, we all have, we all have our Movies, own lenses. So like books, everything you see the deeper history. meanings. And like all that's of what the whole. And so what I think is so empowering and what's so important when you invent your own system is you're the creator of the rules. You're not the one who's going to, um, to like a, a book. Let me go read this book. What does this card mean? What does this mean? Mm. When you own it and um, it becomes, it becomes, you're the expert. And one of the, I used to do this a lot before I made the starboard. This is how I would do most of my readings. I had a collection of like maybe like 15 or 20 stones, which I just collected on my travels. Like, you know, this one I got in, in Colorado yeah. and this one came here. <clears throat> and I knew what those, where I was in life when I got those stones and I knew like what those stones meant to me. So then therefore I knew that's what that stone represented. And so whenever someone would pick a stone, like I know like, oh, well, this means this, and this is what you're working with. And so, uh, I completely agree with you. Like all of this stuff is really, um, training to be able to have your own way of working on these, on these hidden planes fantastic man i hate that we're running out of time here i also want everybody to really check the 
I dropped that link in there, SusquehannaAlchemy.com forward slash shop. It's also got um, his book, and it's a guidebook on the rights of the 40th parallel uh, that describe a modern and meaningful way how to interact with that location. But even if you don't live out there, you get this book, you can see what it, it, it's going to kind of show you what he's went through, what he realized and how this, just the energies of this place have really alchemically changed your life. I think that is really cool, man. It does. I mean, it takes life to a whole new place. I find a lot of people that are, they get really depressed or they they feel like they're in these states of, I don't know, zombie like behavior that eventually it squeezes them to something like this in their life that just opens the door. And it's almost like the suffering or the darkness uh, takes you to that doorway, if that makes any sense. Oh, definitely. Um, I, and I appreciate you bringing up the rights of the 40th parallel. It's um, <clears throat> if you live anywhere in the Eastern seaboard, like, you know, this, this is a day's drive and this is like uh, it's a four different locations in like the epicenter of which you can access like not like parks or, or nature preserves. And then I, ex- I, I break down like what is there physically and then what this symbolically represents and then how you can tie that into like whatever you're working with in life. I mean, that's, it's basically the, the, the recipe for any type of, of, of ceremonial or ritualistic way of, of connecting with something outside of yourself. And I, I, I developed it. Uh, it was very visual. Like I made these maps and what I wanted to do was to really tap into the energy of the area. So, just by using active imagination by like reading this. I mean, it's not long, it's like 20 pages and it's, uh, and seeing like, this is what, and looking at the pictures and seeing the maps, like it connects you with, um, it connects you with the space. And then if you could physically go there, then like, you'll know exactly where to go and what to do. I remember taking a trip once to Sedona and I was like, I got there. I was like, all right, what am I supposed to look at? And I was disappointed that there wasn't like anything more firm. So that was my, my motivation for creating this because I see this area as a place where people come to visit. Uh, and this is happening like on many levels, it's completely coming to life. There's so much like growth happening in this, in this location. And it's so close to such a large population center that it's, you know, whether it's next year, like in 10 years, I don't know, but you know, I can see this happening. And so that's why I created it. But, um, it's not limited to just, uh, 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 those who, who can come to, to the location. Gotcha. Uh, Michael, we've got to get out of here, man. Can you please, please, by all means, tell everybody where they can find you on the web, uh, the website, your social media, everything. Uh, well, so definitely go to follow me on or, or subscribe or whatever the word is for Instagram, Susquehanna alchemy. Um, that's where I'm most active. And I think I put some pretty cool stuff out there. I'm, I'm, I'm good with the visuals. So, um, that's a good place to go. If you're interested in a starboard, like that's one of the, that's a, uh, a really fantastic, um, uh, experience and, and 
I do these for people all over the, the planet. You give me the information, I create the files, and then I mail it to you on a flash drive. Uh, you can order that or at SusquehannaAlchemy.com. And that is um, – that's where you can find that. You could also find the rights to the 40th parallel. Uh, anyway, if, if this work – if which I'm describing resonates with you and you wish to support me, those are probably the best ways. And, you know, you get something really good out of it as well. So Fantastic. Uh, I appreciate the audience attention. I appreciate Joe, you having me on. This was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, any other time you want to invite me out, I'm always happy to come. I like talking about the stuff which is happening, like, you know, uh, current events. So we can talk sure. about that stuff as well. And, and, and just put all of, where life into like some context because you're right it's like we need context to really get meaning absolutely and uh, you're so right and definitely we are going to have you back on i can tell you that for a fact because i know the audience wants it and we got to roll out of here we're rolling out here late so i'm going to say this really quick please uh don't copy the show without written permission and uh, music was by Chronox at chronoxofficial.com. Guitar by Bundy. Michael Wan was our guest tonight. Susquehannaalchemy.com. Go check it out. Big shout out to Pacho, Don, Lady Ann, Dennis, Eric Markham, uh, anybody that I forgot. I apologize, but we got to roll out of here. You guys have a great night. Good night. See you tomorrow night. is advised. Yippee, yeah.